And then he said, That's no place to keep porn! And we were never allowed back into that parish again. Welcome! It's 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 under the pew! Welcome! (laughs) Tiny little men and women. I'm hiding my razzles under the pews. This is the voice of God. (sighs) And also Chris. Uh, you're listening to Big Damn Cast with uh, me, 16 sharpened knives carefully dropped into the shallow end of the pool. And me, a joke which is a pop culture reference which will not age well. <laughs> Topical! <laughs> or is it? You'll, you'll find out shortly. Just a couple of topics today. We're going to be answering a load of your... I think I've killed him. You're right. Please don't die. I'll choke it on my cup, you bastard. <laughs> Ah, you got me! Oh, take that pity dick out of your mouth, please. Sorry. Sorry. That is also a reference. (laughs) We're going to answer a bunch of your emails. You sent loads in, uh, so we're going to get to those shortly. Ah, shortly. That's right, Uh, baby legs. Before that, that, we're going to talk about Deadpool 2. Uh, regular legs. Um, in non-spoilery and then spoilery times, so stick around for that. But first, a little update on... Lord Stanley! Oh, my ears are pricking up. No, they're not. They're just sort of there on the side of you. Just, just I mean, go with it. Go with it. Create the illusion for the oh. listener. What do, you, what do you think they imagine you are? A bloody form. <laughs> I'm, I'm one quarter Vulcan, I'll have you know. <laughs> Ever moved. I mean, I I'm imagining a sad just... Vulcan. That's why they're so cold and logical, because if they get a sad, their ears droop. No, I was watching an episode of The Next Generation the other day where a, a, a crew member is is he's, he's, one, he's one quarter Vulcan, yeah. but he's then revealed to actually be one quarter Romulan. Oh! Because they're kind of the same species. Yeah. His ears are ever so slightly pointed. <laughs> ever so slightly pointed. It's just like so much has just gone on, but just, just like little bit of plasticine right, on, on the curve of his earlobe and then just pinched it up into a little point. On Tiny his head. Tiny little point on his babby's head. <laughs> babby's head. On his babby's head. I um, how many times we've said that people have understood what the hell it is. <laughs> never. Oh. Actually never. Um, let's talk about Stan. Tell me about Stan Lee and what's been going on with um, with good old Stan. Well, a few episodes again. A few episodes again. Uh, we talked about the unfortunate and difficult situation that Stan Lee was possibly in, involving one, if not two, um, slimy groups of people. Groups really? Of people. Yeah. yeah um, it's all been a bit dealing with his affairs. Weird, isn't it? He's been unwell, and I don't think he's been unwell as much as he's just been ninety-five. <clears throat> well, no, it, it all started around oh, yeah, the time yeah, he, he got, got a pneumonia, dose pneumonia, pneumonia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and around that time he sort of went into care mode, like he was staying at home, and, yeah, and the care yeah. nurse was coming around a bit more. I think he's mostly housebound now because he's yeah old. He doesn't travel as much as he was traveling, but he's still getting out and about. For example, uh, basically, it looked like someone was taking advantage of him, and it could have been one of two main kind of groups. It yeah, like one involving his daughter and a lawyer. And the other involving um, associates, associates of his, yeah. of his that were colleagues to a point. Uh, his sort of good friend, who was like his manager, had yeah. been forced away, and, and a housekeeper of his and yeah. one of his care staff had been told to go away, even though they got on really well with him. Yeah, and 
And it was like, well, this is really dodgy. We weren't quite sure what was happening. But then a couple of weeks ago, the Infinity War premiere happened in L.A. And Stan attended. Yay! Um, he he uh, cruised the red carpet in a mobility scooter. But for set, <laughs> but for some press pundits, not too many press, mostly just the uh, the actors and the producers, he got up and like went over and you know gave him hugs and was chatting with them and stuff. So he he was he was very much there. He wasn't really taking questions aside from just giving little sound bites about you know the Avengers and what a wonderful occasion this is and why am I not on the poster and all of his usual like wonderful self derogatory humor. If I'd have thought, <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's... back in nineteen sixty three. My little drawings were gonna become this. Um, Stan, you, you didn't draw anything. The Jack's little drawings <laughs> and my words, but mostly my words. Well, I mean, Jack kind of wrote the words. You just sort of finished the words. My creation. I mean, to be fair, you <laughs> co-created. <laughs> no, no, no. The Marvel method was both problematic and kept lots of artists employed consistently at the same time. So All tracing over Jack Kirby's work. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, Jack God. Kirby still drew everything. Jack, the carpal tunnel syndrome Kirby. I finally um, reached the point in classic X-Men where Jack Kirby stops drawing it. Oh, is that weird? How many issues in? The original run was like 95 issues or something, wasn't it? It was quite a lot. No, it was like 60-something issues, and it went to reprints until issue oh. 94, which picked up off the back of Giant Size X-Men number one with the new team. Um, uh-oh, we've got a visitor. A tiny creature just she's, pushed well, the door she's open. trying to get in. Um, Hilarious. Um, so Stan's, yeah. anyway. Stan's been seen publicly, and uh, his, around the time of all this nonsense going on, James Gunn and Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane... And uh, Kevin Smith and quite a lot of people started tweeting at Stan, basically saying, "Hi Stan, like long time no see, we should hang out." In a way where it was like they were all clearly trying to gauge a reaction because yeah. Stan used to be very active, very active on Twitter, and it was very clear that it was Stan writing the tweets or dictating them to whoever yeah. was with him. Because he's got dodgy out. eyes now; he's got macular degeneration. Yeah. But he was always very active, and then at a certain point toward the end of last year, when he got pneumonia. All of the tweets and all of the Facebook group posts were all just the direct share, like feed automated posts from Stanley's website. Yeah, it was all. It which was is all, which is like, basically a comic book news website. Very, very much publicity penned, like <clears throat> yeah. social media top ten things you might have yeah. missed in the Avengers trailer and stuff like that. Here's the thing about a thing that's related to comic books, but maybe. not the thing. <laughs> but not the thing because we don't have the rights. No, no, it's coming back. Um, oh, the ever-loving blue-eyed shape-shifting arctic creature alien thing no uh wait a minute um not that thing the other thing Ooh, my thing hey <laughs> but they they did um uh they, they just started doing that so it was like oh so stan's not tweeting anymore it's just the automated stuff yeah i thought that was weird for a while and for the last like four months it's been pretty much that the other day stan tweeted he tweeted uh something like who who's your favorite who was your favorite avenger in the film something like that no article attached to it, it was like Huh. And then a couple of hours later, he tweeted, um, Today is the first day that I've tweeted from this account myself in a long while. I want to say thank you for all the love. And You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, okay. Okay. It made me smile inside. I know, but it makes me I think, know, it makes me think he also wrote that Avengers one. He was just sort of, I'm just going to see, you know, let's like, yeah. chat with him. Because he used to do stuff like that. He used to, and he used to have a really funny bit of Twitter banter. He'd call himself the Generalismo and he'd tease he people and he'd retweet other stuff and, cat and comment on it. Yeah. And he put out a few tweets. And here's the thing, I was reading them to Lucy before. She went, that doesn't sound like him. And I said, no, do you know what it sounds like, these tweets? It sounds like 
it sounds like dictated tweets. Do you know what I mean? It, it's not written in the style he used to write them. Dicks. Oh, God. It's not written in the style he used to write them. So at first, I was a bit suspicious. Yeah. But then he kept saying... He's mentioned that his Facebook and Instagram are out of his hands and he can't log into them. Mm-hmm. Um, which seems true, because, again, those accounts are just posting the website stuff. And then he kept saying he wanted to... Um, a video up, yeah, it? he wanted to like uh, stream or broadcast on Twitter in some way to speak to everyone face to face, and then he asked people for help on that. So people were obviously saying, "Oh, you can record a video and upload it and stuff like that." And then half a day later, uh, which I, th- I believe was yesterday, yeah. he posts a very quick video just saying, "I've seen all your tweets and I'm very appreciative. Thank you so much for all the love. I'll speak to you soon, Excelsior." So you're like, "Okay, Stan is in whatever's going on. Stan is involved." In that video, he's referring to Twitter. He's referring to the tweets that have just gone out. Yes. And then after that, the only other activity is a retweet. And this is where I'm going to have to ask you to elaborate here. Okay. Is a retweet of a New York, like, uh, Times Weekly or whatever uh, report about Stan Lee suing his former company, Power Entertainment, for up to one billion in fraud charges. Yes. Um, Which, so, if this were the dodgy people trying to usurp Stan, why would they broadcast that? Why would they um, proudly retweet? Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like Stan, or the person who's helping Stan run his Twitter, is wanting to let everyone know, yeah, this is the shit he's been dealing with, and this is what's going on. Yeah, it looks like, that. well, what the basis of this lawsuit is basically that um, he claims that <clears throat> he, so- he sold Power Entertainment last year mm-hmm. um, to a, a Hong Kong firm called... Uh, what's it called? Camsing International. Um, now he claims that he's unaware. He was unaware of the sale. Yeah. Uh, because it was at the time his his wife died. Yeah, Johnny passed away. He was a couple of years ago now, nearly wasn't it? He's also been declared legally blind mm. due to his macular degeneration. So you um, can see, but he's in that area where it's like, yeah. you can't drive, you can't like do certain things, etc. Which would explain why the tweets, the way they're written out, don't look like him. Yeah. But they're clearly from him, thanks to this video. So well, he's dictating to yeah. someone who's typing them. Yeah. Well, the way to... Or he's doing that by voice or something. Um, yeah, it could be. I don't know. There's, one of them included a lot of exclamation points. And that's a very stand, <laughs> that's a very stand way to tweet. It's a very stand way to tweet. Make sure um, you put loads of exclamation points. The, Exclamations are yours. The dotty sticks. The dotty sticks. The old dotty stick. Like the one the daredevil walks around with when he's <laughs> pretending to be blind. He is um, blind, Stan. And in a quest to become like my old friend the daredevil. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not made that comparison well, yet. But then again, he's he not will. he's not spoken out too much about his um, his, uh, his eyesight, has he? It's, this... it's mostly just sort of come out as time's gone by. Well, the lawsuit... Well, he got a pacemaker a few years back. He said he was trying to become more like Tony Stark. Yeah, pretty much. Which I thought was wonderful. It's like, oh my God, you're like, at the time, 92, and um, you're joking about getting a pacemaker operation at this age. He alleges in the lawsuit... Well, he alleges... The lawsuit yeah. alleges that the company either forged his signatures lifted Lee's signature from another document and imposed it on the illegitimate document, or someone, likely one of the defendants, induced Lee to sign the illegitimate document by using a bait-and-switch tactic telling Lee it was something else. Yeah. Due to his generation basically being like, read it all to him and then hand him a piece of paper that looks like the one they were just reading. Which is something that came up a while back back when we were talking about what was going on with... um, his daughter, his daughter, and, yeah. and that kind of thing, and it seems like that might be. Um, so that that that's that's something that might have come up before, 
and that this is maybe a result of him trying to get back out of the the hole that he's been tricked into. Mm. So uh, I mean, taken whatever's going on, we just hope he's well. We hope you're well, Stan. We wish him the best of luck, and and, and we'll betide anyone who wants to take advantage of a 95 year old man. He's shit. But he's king of the smile makers. Like it'd be, it'd be like walking up to Mickey Mouse and kicking him in the balls. Like why would you want to do that to Mickey Mouse? You know what I mean? He touched me when I was a child. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, it was um, Mighty Mouse. Oh god, that cunt. He said, um, "Here I come to save the day." It wasn't Mighty Mouse. It was Batfink. Um, oh, well, screw it. <laughs> screw that guy. Was this um, like it called karate? And he was basically so. an Asian stereotype karate. It was um, that era, yeah. It was. Probably the buck teeth and the... You know, that was repeated during, I want to say, Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. It was, it was fairly recently. I re- yeah. Relatively speaking, yeah. I remember it being repeated on it was like, TV not this is too odd. long ago. It's odd that this is being repeated now. Um, but they also showed Yvonne of the Yukon, so what do I know? <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> Oh, actually, before we talk about Deadpool, I want to quickly mention, did you see the trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody? I did, yeah. Um, that looks like it might be all right. Yeah, tell me about background on, on this film. So this film, or at least a film about Freddie Mercury and Queen, has been in development for around 12 years now, maybe more. Um, well, Sasha Baron Cohen Sasha Baron was, Co- at- he was He was to, attached to, to it for the longest time to be Freddie Mercury, and, and for the longest time it was going to be apparently the story... Of and and this was what I remember reading ages. I remember talking about when I used to fucking co-host a film radio show, like talking about this. It was gonna be a story. Wait, is this going on radio? About mind radio, radio. You the mind. You tricked me. (laughs) No, not the mind radio. I wondered why we didn't have music breaks. (laughs) No ads. That's too good to be true. Or breaks. Or dental. Yeah. Um. So lots of breaks. No coverage. Um. uh, No. We live in. We live in the UK. I remember, I remember one of the reports, uh, stay away from it, Trump. One of the reports <laughs> talked about how, oh, here comes a little pouring around the door. One of the reports talked about how it was going to chart from roughly around the time of the Live Aid slash Wembley gig in 85. Um, around the time Freddie Mercury finds out that he is, um, what's it, he's going to die, he finds out that he's got uh, HIV and it was going to... Yeah. Tell the story basically of like that last sort of four or five years of his career and and his life. And Sasha Baron Cohen was on, I think it was Howard Stern about three years ago, maybe even less. And Howard Stern finally asked him about it. He was like, You've walked away from this Queen project. He said, Yeah. He said, Why is that? And Sasha Baron Cohen, without ever naming names, basically alludes to a member of Queen and based on some of the. Spray me! Yeah, based on some of the behaviour he's shown in other things with other stuff, like really weird stuff, like like putting up videos responding to charities and stuff on yeah. the, on Twitter with his freaking new release book in the background of shot and things like that. It's like, ooh, you seem a bit egotistical, Brian, in a way that's kind of uncomfortable. Brian! Um, despite saving badgers and being an astrophysicist. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, without ever naming him, essentially says that a member of Queen stepped in and decided the project should be about, yes, like, Freddie's unfortunate passing, but then how the band carry on and go from strength to strength. Like, here's the thing. Queen uh, ended mm. when Freddie died. Queen was celebrated and collaborated right up until, like, the late 90s, working with different acts like George Michael, like the Freddie Tribute concert and doing stuff with charities and everything. That was when Queen ended, as far as I'm When John Deacon yeah, left yeah. Queen in the late 90s, that was when Queen 
ended, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Freddie passed, and then they celebrated his legacy in the band's work for like nearly 10 years, and then it was done. After that, we've had Paul Rogers and Queen. Yeah. And we've had um, uh, Adam Lambert. Yeah, Adam Lambert and Queen. And Queen. Um, and I think there's talks of another artist teaming up with them in the near future. That's great. That's not Queen. That's mm and Queen, which I think is fine. That's great. It's its own thing. It's the legacy of Queen carrying on with different vocalists, trying stuff it's, out, playing around, it's, releasing some new music occasionally. Have they released any That's music fine. Uh, Paul Rogers won. They released an album. Yeah. Ooh. Which was a mix of songs by Free, songs by Queen, and new stuff. And same with Adam Lambert. They've, they've released an album with like new studio tracks on it and things like that. But that's not, it's not Queen. It's like a Queen spin-off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So when you say Queen go from strength to strength, it's like, no, like Queen continuing on in the spirit of Queen carrying on in some form. Absolutely. It's like Lynn and Skinner post plane crash. Yeah. Like, but, but that's, that's the thing with this is if you're going to do a biography, you're going to do a film of the story of someone. You don't end act two with Freddie dying. No. And then tell a story about John going, right. Okay. I'm kind of done now. Because this isn't the same anymore. Right. I'm going to bow out now and just look after the business side of things. Like, real and, talk. and then Brian and, and, and Roger being like, and we're going to collaborate with other artists. That's not a third act of a movie. Real talk. Queen have not gone from strength to strength. No. Since the death of Freddie Mercury. No. They've just <clears throat> continued to be around. Yeah. But whatever. So the project was obviously being tampered with to the point where Sasha Brown Cohen had been attached to it at this point for like 10 years. I think he's older now than Freddie was it. when he died. Yeah. Yeah, and they wanted to tell He's this. Movie. They wanted to make this movie like at watched. least ten years ago. Well, it's true. It was, yeah. yeah, they wanted to make this movie like ten years ago. So, yeah. then it gets fast tracked about a year ago. Um, the script has undergone like another rewrite, and it gets fast tracked. Brian Singer directing, co-directing, which has made it slightly more palatable. For me, well, I think because it is a bit weird considering the subject matter of this movie. He was replaced. Involves a lot of um, hedonism and and naughty sexual acts between um, older and much younger gay men. Only naughty. Which I'm a naughty guy. Which uh, I'm not obviously saying that Freddie's life was that sort of stuff. Like Freddie's life wasn't anything horrible or nasty. But he was. was But it is. Yeah. Yeah, But it is also. But it is also kind of uncomfortable knowing that it would be directed by a director who has been accused many times of grooming very young actors oh, and yeah. people. It's like, oh, this is awkward. Um, but anyway. Uh, I'm going to put you in all my films, <clears throat> Nicholas Hall. Oh, God. Rami Malek. Um, Looks the part. Yeah, they, they released that, well, they released that press photo uh, last year or earlier this year yeah. of him as Freddy. Mustache, white vest, half mic stand, like, you know, Wembley style thing. And I remember us going, that looks really cool. He looks the part. Yeah. Hang on. Are they telling the story at the end of his life? Because Rami Malek's kind of a bit younger than, like, by about ten years than Freddie was. This is a bit weird. Yeah, but it's easier to age him up than, like, DA. True, but then at that point they released the synopsis. They said the film was going to be called Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And it was going to be about the band's formation and that first few years. Yeah. So why would he look like that? That was very much Freddie's look in the last four years of his life. I think he's going to lead up to his death, like... Ah, I've found a synopsis since. Uh-oh. It's not going as far as Freddie's death. Ooh. Yeah. The film is about the band's formation. Yeah. But it's not like a getting the band together story. It's specifically about their formation leading into the first two albums and Bohemian Rhapsody and everything. And then it's going to tell the story of like their career leading up to Live Aid in 85. 
Okay. So, it looks stylish as fuck. Yeah. From this trailer. Rami Malek is definitely physically, like the idiosyncrasies and everything. It's like, that's Freddie Mercury. That's mm. really weird and brilliant to see. But it's also, if you think about it, Brian May got what he wanted. Mm. It's just a film about Queen. And what's really weird about it is the tagline in the trailer is the only thing more extraordinary than their music is his story. Yeah? Yeah. And Freddie's clearly the central character. Yet, all the social media posts a couple of hours later changed the tagline oh. to um, the only thing more extraordinary than their music is their story. Mm. This is a couple of days after Brian May put the teaser poster out first on Instagram then took it down. Um, and from what I can gather, he put it up too soon. Oh, yeah. Then the studio posted it the next day, and then he posted it again, and his caption sort of alludes to, no one told me, but hey-ho, that's how it is. And it's like, Brian, are you being really freaking petty with them? What's going on? Brian! He did a day directing in January. He went to the set in January during the reshoots and directed for a day, and it's like, So, as excited from the visuals of this trailer, as excited as I am to kind of see a Queen biopic, it also feels like it's got some really weird controlling hands all grasping that steering wheel and trying to. They said Brian Singer was off the project. Oh god! But do you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the actor who played Angel in the X Men movies, the the younger Angel, is, oh the Pigeon Wing motherfucker, yeah, <laughs> is uh, Roger Taylor, uh, freaking Timmy from Jurassic Park is John Deacon. Um, oh Jesus! The guy who plays Brian May, I can't remember the actor's name, but in the trailer, in the trailer, he gets a few lines, and it's like, that's Brian May. Right? That's Brian May. Do you know what I mean? Like his voice and everything. It's like that's that's just freaking Brian May. Robbie Malik is acting through teeth. Oh, yes, is he acting through teeth. And they've not shied away from, like, you watch early Freddy stuff. I used to oh, yeah. I used to binge. I had three VHSs with taped off the telly documentaries about Queen. Yeah, yeah. But I used to binge when I was a teen. And the earlier footage of Freddy, like, he's not quite... And that sounds weird. The moustache sort of solidified his upper lip a bit. Yeah. Pre-moustache, his upper lip moves around a lot. And... He's got what Americans call British teeth. Do you know what I mean? He's like, got a massive set are, of front jumpers. They are cartoony gnashes. Yeah, yeah. And he famously never had them corrected. He never wanted them corrected because he was worried it would alter his voice. It, it was it was a great look though. It was iconic. Oh, well, that's the thing. After after they after they sort of piggyback on the glam rock style and they start to find their own look, and especially when you move into the eighties, where he goes for like the short hair, vest, yeah. mustache, like Mike Stan and everything. He fucking rocks his look by that point. Like, he knows who he is completely by that point, and he owns everything about it. But it's refreshing to see that they've not tried to Hollywoodize his physical appearance. Because you see the footage of them around the time of Bohemian Rhapsody in the trailer. Yeah. And Rami Malik is obviously, like, he's Jim Carrey'd in the mask with this stuff. Oh, he's yeah, taken yeah. those teeth and he has practiced working with those teeth. Well, you have to, don't you? I like Rami yeah. Malik. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. He's a good guy. Lou was watching the trailer and she went, I just, I just. I just keep wanting to smack him for trying to murder all my friends on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh god, never watch Mr. Robot, you'll confuse yourself even more. But, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, I also checked the credits for it. Uh, I can't remember his name now, he's got a lovely name, it's like uh, something Lebeau, but there's a, a, a mainly theatrical actor playing, and I just, I wanted this character to appear in the movie, and I'm so fucking happy he is. 
Kenny Everett is in the film. Hey! Which makes sense because Kenny Everett, for those who don't know, because it's hard to find his stuff commercially and, and when BBC uh, Store started looking for older stuff to, to release on yeah. the digital uh, store, they were in the process of looking for Kenny Everett stuff when they closed up and it sucks because the only Kenny Everett DVD you can buy is the Naughty Bits, which <laughs> is two, uh, it's, it's DVD version of two VHS tapes released by Granada of his ITV show, which was funny, but also had like dance breaks from hot gossip and things like that in it. So, it, you know, every hour and a half long video, like 20 minutes of it is dancing and music yeah, routines. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's like, you want the comedy and the weird shit. He was big friends with, with Freddie and with Queen in particular. Um, his BBC show is amazing, but he was DJing. I think he was on pirate radio at this point. I don't know if he was with the BBC yet. I'm not sure. Actually, no, I think he might be. He might have been on. Yeah, because he was on. He was definitely on land. Because when he was pirate radio, it, it was pirate radio, like outside yeah, boundaries yeah, yeah. on the boat. Um, I think he was with the BBC at this point because it it's one of the things that got him in trouble during his DJ career uh, when he started before he became like comedian for TV full time. Yeah. Um, when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, he'd gotten to know them from watching them live, and he thought the song was that good that he got an early copy of it. Yeah. And the moment, like the day that you know stations were allowed to play it and stuff he already had it so he started his shift he played bohemian rhapsody came out the back of it played it in full yeah came out the back of it introduced it was like ladies and gentlemen this is from a wonderful band called queen oh they're very good like, no, no, do his usual thing he's fresh Dude, and he was wonderful yeah. um and and he, this and the other and he explains what it is he says out there now go buy it use your use your hard-earned money go and buy it buy it. buy three copies buy five buy one for your dear old gran anyway coming up now it's bohemian rhapsody by queen and he's played it again he played it 17 times <laughs> like, <in a> row. <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> It's amazing. Can you like, imagine now someone yeah. playing Bohemian Rhapsody seventeen times? I, t- I mean, Christ, like you'd, you'd be lucky if someone got away with playing a radio cut down twice six, in an hour, six minutes long. Yeah. So that's what. That's keep in mind. He popped up between every other one, and like the traffic update probably popped up at some point just to let people know what was going on on the roads. That's and a, he was on for like three hours. That's an hour and forty-two minutes. Solid, <laughs> so fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm delight. I mean, they, 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 this moment's been a, this moment's been depicted on film before the BBC Four film, um, and now for something completely different. Yeah, no, not now for something completely different. It's fucking in the best possible taste, which is the Kenny Everett. Uh, oh yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's in here actually. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, it's even that briefly depicts that scene like of him just spinning it again like he's doing a bit of talking in between it. he's just taking the thing off letting it slow down putting it back and just fucking fires it up again and sits back uh, I'm so delighted that's going to be in a major motion picture and just like I was when you see like the uh, the actors who were the goons portrayed in The Life and Death of Peter Sellers I'm just weirdly overjoyed that these British comedy heroes from like the 60s 70s and 80s are appearing in major motion pictures as characters in biopics. It's just so weird. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, so it was like like Life and Death of Peter Sellers. You figure there's Steve Pemberton as Harry Seacombe. And I'm <laughs> like, Harry Seacombe is a character in a big budget freaking biopic movie. This Harry is so Seacombe weird. was always a character in a big budget biopic movie. That's true. Movie. I can't remember who played Spike Milligan in that. But anyway, it's, um, it's just like, this is weird. I think it looks pretty cool. And I like the remix of the Queen music used for the trailer. Yeah. The arrangement of, of bits of their songs. Linking other bits into the yeah. Tim Roth, he'd be an alright Spike Milligan. Oh, yeah. Especially now. Yeah. Especially now he's got, because now that his sort of, now that his face is aging more, 
he's got that kind of like the the, the, pronou- the pronounced nose yeah. and the droopy eyes that Spike had. Yeah. Anyway, we talked way too long about Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, our, our, our average demographic is like in their mid to late teens, and we're here talking about like freaking comedians from the fifties. I don't care about you teens. Screw you, kids. <laughs> Get some education. Get. S- oh, you watched Holy Grail once, so you think you're fucking a comedy hipster? Go listen to some Goon Show. You don't no, know nothing. National Lampoon. Go listen to bloody. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, that's the millennial equivalent of all the shit we were listening to and watching, wasn't it? Quiet, you! <laughs> Go and listen to some freaking, uh, freaking Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Oh. What's the worst job you ever had? <laughs> <laughs> Carry around a bucket collecting all the gobs of spit for Winston Churchill when he's doing his speeches. Now for something completely different. Let's talk about a juggernaut with three buttocks. Um, let's <laughs> the Deadpool oh. two. That's gonna be the name of my biography. The second Deadpool. Yeah, let's let's skip into the world of mutants the second and mayhem. Deadpool. It's out. Yeah, we've seen it. <clears throat> it's out and proud. Um, let's talk about the second. I've already said that. Um. <laughs> Spoiler free first, don't worry yeah, guys, we'll give you a spoiler um, warning. Um, but you know what, we are going to spoil the shit out of it in a little while. Um, wow! In fact, this episode will be out before everyone's seen it, so that'll be fun. Um, it, was out, it was out yesterday. Yeah, but we caught it quite, in terms of the worldwide release, we caught it quite early. Oh, I suppose. You saw it um, Tuesday night, didn't you? Yeah. We're recording this Wednesday night, I saw it this morning. It, it came out on Tuesday, but the first showing was like 6pm. With no, there wasn't any midnight showings, and there was no it's during the day Fox showings. Trying to get a bit of extra cash in it, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, but it, it was it was Downs opening on the Tuesday. You know that's weird, but it didn't open up midnight. That, that implies that it's more Wednesday opening, but they didn't start with midnight screenings Tuesday going into Wednesday. Yeah. They just went sod it, really sit early. Yeah, it's weird. That's stupid. Really weird. Um. Anyway, Deadpool Two is a 2018 motion picture and a sequel to 2016's Deadpool. And my review, quite simply, is this. It's a sequel to Deadpool. It's, it is a sequel to Deadpool. It is not a film of its own making. It's a sequel to Deadpool. It tells its own story, but we're not talking like how Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are... You know, Dark Knight is a follow-up to Batman Begins, but it's also very much its own movie. Like, Batman Returns is a sequel to Batman, but it's very much its own movie. Like, it just happens to be another story. This one is, like... If you haven't seen the first Deadpool... You're going to get a kick out of this in the blockbuster yeah. sense. It's but you're not going to give a shit about anyone unless you watch the first. It's one. weird how like people. It feels like DLC. It's weird how people have talked about Deadpool being like a, a, a deconstruction of the genre and like something a fresh take on the superhero genre. Mm. But a lot of it only really works if you have at least a working knowledge of some of that comics universe. I mean, Christ, the X Men universe like, especially. Yeah, like yeah. It's, there's so many in jokes that it it almost relies on you knowing all that stuff backwards, which I think is... <clears throat> yeah. And, and especially, audience especially the career of Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and... Which the first film took little jabs at, and it worked. Like, in the first film, like, please yeah. don't make the super suit green. Or animated. It's like, ha It's funny, because in the moment, Deadpool's basically asking for a non-ridiculous suit, but really, it's yeah. referencing the Green Lantern movie from twenty from 2011, which gets referenced at least three times in this one. And I think they took some of this a little too far. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I say this is a Deadpool fan. I mean, we were talking about this last week or the week yeah. before, Celine Dion. I think most I, of this... This was, was the Deadpool yeah. movie that I feared they would make. Most of this Rather was... than the last one, where it was the Deadpool movie that I was like, oh, great, they sum up everything that I that really I think really works, yeah. but also made it work in a movie. Some of this was over that line that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, you and know what? Sat there on the screen like... this morning, there were some bits where I was like, yeah, Matt's going to hate that. This is a little bit obnoxious. Yeah, Matt's going to um, hate that. Well, guess well, what? I also kind of hate that. I don't know if I hate is a strong word, but like I didn't love it. Like it's, pump the hate breaks. It's whatever um, he actually says because it isn't Thanos in the movie. Although Thanos does get name checked, he does call Cable Thanos at least yeah. once in the film, which is quite nice. I, I don't know. I those those moments are the ones that work least for me when it references stuff outside of See, itself. I don't mind it when it's quick like that. Yeah, I think, I think it's the egregious ones where they take their time. Those yeah. are the ones where I was like really? Like, are we doing this? Like, like, the DC Universe gag that we see in the trailer, that just falls flat for me. In the film, flat. yeah. Also, because it's not particularly... Adu- you know, it should have stuck in the trailer. Yeah. There are a couple lines in the trailer that aren't in the film. Uh, like, alternate Improv takes. Like, the first trailer, the whole, the bit where he says, like, why he was late back to the apartment. Yeah. The version used in the trailer isn't in the film. Yeah. But it's clear from what is in the film, the three or four excuses he gives, that this was just a, like the first movie, this was just a Ryan Reynolds and Marina Baccarin improvising lines at each other. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's that's um, cute. But yeah, you, I think the DC Universe line could have been saved just for the trailer and been what it yeah. was in the trailer, which was all of us going, oh shit, which was a nice effect at the time. But in the film, it falls flat, I agree. I want to talk about the cast a little because let's do it. Let's, I think there were some really nice new additions. Really, really like Zazie Beats. Oh, crap. I said on Twitter, so immediately after the movie, because I don't want to give away how Fantastic. In case you can't tell from this already, I didn't love it. I had fun, but I think it's... I thought it I think was it's a right. very forgettable movie. Oh, yeah. Like, which is why recording I, it today is a I, bonus, because I'm going to forget things by when, tomorrow. When I came out of the cinema, yeah. I remembered that I was <laughs> in fits of laughter at one bit of the movie, but it took me until today to remember what it was. Oh, which bit was it? Spoilers or uh, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, okay, I'll save it. For um, but um... but there was one bit of the movie <laughs> in the in the back half where it's like one long gag, and I was pissing myself in the cinema. No, I just gave a visual representation, and Matt gave me a visual uh, denial by wagging his finger. I'll tell you which one like it was. A saucy when we get to spoilers. I was pissing. <laughs> I was breathless in the cinema, laughing at this sequence because yeah. they play they play the gag out quite a bit. But I came out of the cinema, I was like, I remember that I spent a good chunk of that movie pissing myself off in, but I can't remember what at. And it's that kind of thing, like, yeah. it made me laugh in the moment, it made me laugh a lot in the moment, but then I couldn't remember it. This is definitely a comic book movie fans movie. Which, oh, like, yeah. Which, like you say, yeah, is, sort yeah. of, is sort of going against why the first one worked so well. The first <laughs> one was a comic The first one was fan service only really in so much yeah. as it was a character that fans really liked who were like, we're never going to get to see a movie yeah. made about this character in his style, in his tone, with that rating. And then it was. So and the, that's the movie alone. Play within this. Yeah, the Deadpool movie alone. doesn't quite work. Well, I think, I think, I mean, you could probably confirm or deny this. I think this one was playing more to fans of X-Men more than anything else. In, in, ter- in terms of In terms of going, hey, we know you've had kind of a yeah. fucking shit ride. We're gonna throw you some bones. Some of them are gonna be things that'll just make you smile. Others are gonna be whole characters that make yeah. you go, "Oh shit! I can't believe they're doing this." In and, some ways, yeah. I got more of Out what of I like yeah. about 
X-Men as a property mm-hmm. out of this than mm-hmm. I have from any other X-Men movie. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Um, in other ways, Refrigerator. Oh, man. Uh, so... Well, again, like... There's I knew the tone was wrong from the beginning. Because it's a little all over the place, isn't it? The Especially the first 15 minutes. I'd yeah. Say. The opening shot and the joke that comes with it, which is of a music box prop. Yeah. I was like, really? Yeah. This is how you're opening? Yeah. If they'd have just stuck to the dialogue that follows, I probably would have felt a bit less weird about it. But also because they're referencing a movie that's only just a year old that some people may not have seen or care about. So those people, the people who don't care about it will be like, and the people who haven't seen it but want to will be like, what? Wait, hang on. Is that what happened? Do you know what I mean? It's mm. a bit like, huh. Whereas if you just referenced it in dialogue, it's a little less thingy because it's, oh, it's Deadpool being wacky, but there is a visual representation of a big spoiler from another recent Fox yeah. Marvel movie that is arguably the best movie that Fox Marvel have made together. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's Hands like, down. it, it almost down. feels a bit... This, it almost feels like it's a coattail gag rather than a reference. And I think that's... What, the moments where it's doing that yeah. and, pl- and, and referencing things further outside of itself than it would normally. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just referencing... Like X-Men as a, as a mythology, but like referencing specific recent things. Yeah. This can, one, it's going to date the movie. Mm. Oh, really yeah. badly. Yeah. And two, it just, it, it just crossed over that obnoxious line for me. Yeah. The, the action will save this movie from becoming, oh! the action will save yeah. this movie from becoming irrelevant. So David Leach came on to well, direct this. Yeah, which uh, even in the, even in the opening Miller. credits, which I think the opening credits are pretty funny. Yeah. That was good. That yeah. was a good gap. Because the opening credits of the last movie opened the film and they're fucking spectacular. And for the most part, actually, I think this film avoided falling into the trap that a lot of comedy sequels do. The opening of the first one's fucking wonderful. It's but it's so they find a way to not try and top that in this one, yeah. but do a different style of opening credit. And there's a lot of that's that. clearly a nod to yeah. something that is old pop culture wise is old as balls, so won't age badly as a joke because yeah. it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, I think. But I think there's also does and, and then the credit saying like directed by the guy who killed John Wick's dog. Yeah, which I quite and, funny. and that action really comes through in this. Like, yeah. Oh um, god, yeah. Especially with Cable. I think it every does, action beat with Cable is solid. What this film does quite well as a comedy sequel is it, for the most part, avoids falling into the trap of a lot of comedy sequels where they just do the same gags but bigger. Yeah, there was a lot of references to the first. There was film, a lot of references to the first not, film, not, not gag but, callbacks. Yeah, they felt more organic. Yeah. And and there are some definitely some gags that echo gags from the first movie. Yeah. But they don't feel as derivative as I mean even, even, in, other even in the story. Like there's a bit yeah. in Act th- the Act Three, there's a bit like in the last fifteen minutes where he gets a head injury, like he did in the first one, and has a similar experience to what happened in the first one. Not with cartoons, yeah. but like he has a similar kind of and moment was... where you're like, Really? Yeah. This is the same joke. But I think they I think it was different enough. Yeah, because we'll get to and, that all, and also who was involved in it yeah. as well. And we'll, and we'll get to that again. Up. Like I, I think um, I was dreading that particular gag going a certain way, and they just, just avoided it. Yeah, narrowly just avoided like, it. Um, it was fucking close though. Hmm. Um, who who else is good in this? Um, yeah, uh, Josh Brolin does a great job as Cable. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant because again, Cable's a. 
Cable's a tough character to like. I only really know Cable from bits and pieces of later Deadpool. I didn't read. Yeah. I didn't read Cable and Deadpool, um, which is why it's a big deal. Cable's in this for comic fans because the majority of the nineties, Cable and Deadpool title, was yeah. a very popular sort of like you know C list. Um, and Cable's a Marvel title. Cable's a big part of X Men mythology, especially the nineties as yeah, well. And X Force and all that stuff. <clears throat> there was a mm, X Force feature in the movie. There was a really nice visual reference to Deadpool's most recent X Force costume yeah. in toward the end as well, which I thought was, was quite nice because nice. it was just such an organic thing. I was like, "Oh, di- oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that's kind of cool." This not that in without making a thing of it. That was pretty good. Um, but like, yeah, Cable is a character who could be very. I mean, the film doesn't mention Terminator, but it makes no bones about the fact this is basically the plot of it, Terminator it movie. It references it enough. Yeah. Oh, oh there's, there's one bit where he's referred to as John Connor. Yeah. And, um, but again, that... Which also doesn't make any sense, unless... That, oh, hang on, that's a reference to Genesis. No, it's a reference he's to... Because he calls Cable John Connor. Yeah. John Connor doesn't go back in time to kill someone, mm. except in Genesis, where he's a Terminator. And he goes back to kill someone. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I guess... Uh, it, ma- I mean, it was just a Terminator reference. Yeah, it made yeah. sense to me organically as a joke that someone would make. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of it being Deadpool and a pop culture reference. It was a more organic pop culture reference. So it was one of the ones that worked for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the action... The, the physical action in this is really good. Like, David Leach's action chops from that he carried over from John Wick definitely showed through mm. and there's some really nice choreograph- fight choreography it, some mm. some that some really nice as well yeah of, like really close lots combat. of nice close up stuff like straight close up sort of military style action with Cable and then with Deadpool like playing with the the, the way that you can deform his body due to his powers oh Christ there was yeah. some really fun and kind of gross stuff in this there's a headlock um, in particular yeah, that, was, that, is that was fantastic grotesque um, yeah but really smart. But <laughs> some of the bigger CGI-based stuff was patchy. Like, the CGI in this movie is really patchy. The first movie's not a gold standard for CGI integration. No, but this was really inconsistent. But there is a, there's a CGI character. There's a whole CGI character in the first movie, as we know, Colossus. Yeah. And he returns in this. Who returns in this. Yeah. Uh, I think... <clears throat> I think... What are we talking about? I think he's in it... He's in it less. Yeah. I think so. But he's got more to do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, like in the last one, in the last one, it's just a couple of like, wait, you need to stop being at the shit. And then at the end, he gets I involved in the fight. In this, he has a greater range of activities he's involved in. Mm. So in terms of the animation settings. Oh God, um, when, when Colossus fights dirty and yeah. looks like he's enjoying it. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I can see why they've brought this character back. There is some really fun stuff to do with this iteration of this character. But also, some of those effects were really spotty. Yeah, in the first movie, he's in the first movie, he's in it enough or lit a certain way or whatever. Maybe it's because Tim Miller is a visual effects artist. That's his background. Maybe, maybe. So with the first movie, he's keeping an eye on stuff like that. I don't know. With, with David Lynch's work on John one, Wick, it's so much more practical. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe there, he's not used to working with CGI. There's lots of CGI effects in this movie. There are two completely CGI characters in the yeah. film and... Um, they stick out in a really sort of like awkward way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's a shame because I mean we were talking about this before we recorded, but people have been complaining about Black Panther CGI, and I've seen that film five times now. Yes, there's a couple of shots where the CGI is a bit really like you see but... Black Panther five times. Yeah. Where do you find the time? 
Well, I was like working away briefly and had to kill some oh, time. Oh yes, of course, of course, of course. Oh, you know why not kill that time by watching Black Panther again yes, with your, with your yes. Odeon Limitless cards? Yes, so, of course, that makes sense. Uh, and then the last time I saw it was right before watching Infinity War on the same day. I double build them. Oh, you mad bastard! Which is great. But like, there's a couple of shots with the rhinos in that, for example, that are a bit patchy. There's a couple of shots yeah. with uh, Killmonger and Black Panther when they're falling down the tunnels. That's well, you had you had to remind me of those because I was saying earlier that I yeah. couldn't think of anything coming out of Black Panther where I was like, that was weird. But the difference there is Black Panther is a movie set mostly in broad daylight. Like, yeah, and CGI, unless the environment is completely CGI, is kind of difficult to um, blend in with a you know like a bright environment without yeah. feeling weird. It's why there's it's why the Raptors and the T Rex in the last shot of Jurassic Park that they're in, yeah, has aged a bit. Everything works yeah, every well. shot yeah. with them prior to that because looks glorious because it's good. at night and they're lit a certain <clears> way. Um, it's why the the the, the, the brontosauruses at the start as well stick out a bit. Yeah, it's broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and but also that movie's like twenty five years old, and the CGI in it has survived so much better than more films from the nineties that came yes. after. Skip four years ahead to Lost in Space. Oh, yeah, oh god! Oh, <laughs> cape anyone? Oh, um, so oh, yeah, Spawn. the blood in Blade. Um, but anyway. Did you see? Did you ever see the the the, the version of the scene, the end scene of the end fight of Blade? They oh yeah, I devoured the deleted. I had oh. Blade was an early DVD for me, so I've watched yeah. those features, and those deleted scenes, and that commentary. Were some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill? Oh, always. always. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Don't know. Just leave it in. He's awkward to work with. Let's keep going. Um, well, the point is, that Black Panther. I mean, I mean, for example, the CGI is a lot better in the Wakanda sequences in Infinity War because Infinity War they wash out the palette a little bit for that scene and it blends better plus the Outriders are all a grainy texture so they don't pop as much as someone in like a purple neon outlined suit also example. I dare say Infinity War had a bigger budget and yeah. the Russo brothers are way more used to working with CGI than um, plus also remind the, me of the Black Panther's director name uh, Ryan Coogler Ryan Coogler is plus also um <laughs> more frantic visuals from yeah. those characters it's not a rhino charging at a pace it's yeah. these things thrashing around there's more going on so we can yeah. hire Whereas, so, so in Deadpool yeah. you do get that in a couple of instances where there is action with CGI that it's that quick you don't really notice but then mm. there are other bits where the CGI is the action uh, for example the shot from the trailer where we see Domino casually walking through like a car wreckage yeah. as it's happening that one shot in the trailer looked fine that sequence looked abysmal on yeah. the big screen um, yeah. it, it, the, because the, everything around it was clearly a visual like, effect and she was just green screened into the it the compositing and, it, yeah. and rendering in this movie is not going to age well there's a bit where Cable leaps out of an exploding vehicle toward the door of another one <clears> and it looks more like an end credits like montage graphic yeah. montage rather than an actual him leaping out of an explosion it looked more like a, a poster version of that or something there's more going on visually in this movie but it doesn't have the visual flair of the first one yeah it just doesn't yeah. have it <clears throat> it's um, not there it's not present <clears throat> it's uh which is a shame all in all i mean okay <clears throat> act- actors let's just beat off some actors giggity really quickly um, um ryan reynolds brings it again yeah i mean it, ryan reynolds he, is dead he seems point. like he's having an absolute ball throughout the movie he does get a couple of really weighty moments yeah arguably not as weighty or as emotionally um deep as the first movies Simply because he moves on quicker to jokey jokes in this. 
Like yeah, like in, in, the, in the first one, after all of his origin story and all that stuff, and you see him trying to talk to Vanessa, and he doesn't talk to her, and he walks away, mm. and then you cut back to the bridge sequence of the opening, and again, that's one thing they did in both movies. Of hey, good, we're all caught up. Okay, then they move yeah. on. In the last movie, that's fine because his prologue, his flashback, ends in a way where you're like, oh. Mm. I feel really bad for him. So when it comes back, he's not straight into the wacky wackies, but it is jokey again. But you sort of get that sense in the first movie of, oh God, he's doing this because he's trying to hide how much he's hurting. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's insane, yes, but he's also just, he's talking, running his mouth because he's trying not to think about how much it's paining him to not be with her and everything. And that works really well in that first movie. In this one, it's back to jokey jokes almost immediately after a period where his character is is hit by something that is quite devastating, and he's yeah. almost jokey jokes immediately, and it doesn't feel. I mean, the one the characters points out. If... <laughs> Actually, that was a gag I liked. It's the guy we get to do a bar fight with in the last one. Yeah. Um. He yes, freaking yes, he yes, he yes, sort yes, of yes, psychoanalyzes yes. him and basically says like like denial is one of the stages of this and you know you, it's about facing this and the other yeah. and then he sort of says to him he's like shut up he says well, he says to me, he says sort of like like zip it thingy uh, or we won't give you any more um, any more like uh, any more lines and no more speaking lines no more speaking yeah, lines yeah. and and it's like <clears> jokes no jokes like that work because they're quick like they're quick weird little moments. Yeah. Um, but even the film references, you know, oh, you've got over this really quickly, and maybe you're in denial, but then then it's too jokey-jokey, and it's like, huh. There's also a few times where the film plays stuff in a way where after it's happened, you're like, oh, oh, they they wanted us to be emotionally invested there. Yeah, it, because because it's so tonally odd it, in places. Because the whiplash is so sudden, mm. and I get that that's part of... That zaniness is part of the character, but it's just so quick. Especially because, especially because some of his zaniness is is neutered to fit the adaptation yeah. in the first movie, and it works so well. Like the first movie captures the spirit of that character in his world, yeah. but it also re- reshapes it to work in a movie. Yeah. This one does feel like they're trying to be a bit close to the hey, hey, wacky, never... wacky, and it tonally it feels jarring. It just with, never with the quite stuff settles. You're in. It never quite settles. Yeah. Which is a shame because there is some really good stuff going on in this. And good performances. But... TJ Miller, the despicable cad, is arguably, you know, good as a get good again. Uh, who's it who plays Blind Owl? Uh, Leslie Ogham. She's great. She's not in it a lot, but when she is, it's it's a joy to see her. So that must have been the easiest gig she ever did. Right, in this scene, we want you to sit on this couch. What we're doing in the next scene? You sat on this couch. That must be the comfiest gig she's ever had. <laughs> so um, good. Marina Backer in his back and is criminally underused. Yeah. Uh, especially because their chemistry on screen is wonderful. Which is so one of the, the fact things they're I not was... in many scenes together. Is like Ugh. yeah, that was one of the things I was most annoyed about about this movie is the way, is the way they use Vanessa and what they do with the character. I mean, even Amazing Spider-Man Two, which is a terrible movie, is a terrible movie that knows one of the big highlights mm. of Amazing Spider-Man was the chemistry of Garfield and Stone together. Yeah. So they make sure that they're in a lot of the movie together. Yeah. Um, but, ah, oh well. Colossus is a lot of fun again. Negasonic Teenage Warhead isn't in it much, but she still again. brings that She still brings that kind of just attitude and, and that cool yeah. look. Great. Like, but... I want to get to know this character. Great, but underused. But, and uh, Yukio, her, her girlfriend, her Yukio, girlfriend. yeah. Again, but they do the she same... looks very different in the comics, if I remember correctly. She's more like some oh, yeah. dour and dark. But they do the same gang with her over... And over and over again, yeah. and nothing else. Well, I think I think that gag would work better if we saw more of Negasonic's reaction yeah, yeah. each time because it's of that gag's obviously happening to wind her up, but we never see that. So it's like, huh? 
So it feels more like a nod to the audience, but it'd be nice if it was a character thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, who's who's Russell? What's the actor called? Uh, Julian something. Or Kid from Hunt for the World of People. Yeah, uh, Julian Will... What, what is it? What, William... Willinson? Well, he's William great. Wilson? He's really good. Oh, let me find him. Let me find his uh, his his face. Oh, I didn't choose the Scotch Life. The Scotch Life chose me. <laughs> um, he's great. And Julian Dennison. Julian Dennison makes there's a wonderful line where he says, Deadpool says, "Why you become a superhero?" And he's like, "Because they do, have you ever seen a plus size superhero?" Yeah. Which I thought was kind of a fun line because he goes like, "Yeah, superheroes suck," and it's just a little obviously dig at the fact that you know, like, wh- why not? Like, why the fuck yeah. not? But then this kid's story arc goes in a way where you're like, "Yeah, he's not a role model." So yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like Eddie Marsan. Eddie Marsan again, great. As always, Great he's a fabulous it. actor. And, and because, and because of the casting of him, I was so expecting him to be more than he was. But again, I, I, I'll talk about in spoilers. I'll talk about what Especially I think because they could have done with weird. the structure of that. Of that, of that um... his, his, his hairpiece and everything. Yeah. It was like that looks not fake, but almost like also, there's a reveal involved I here. Don't, I don't think they ever name him properly, but there's an implication of in, who he is. I think in the the the, uh, the credits and IMDb and stuff he's just listed as the headmaster he's not listed as a character as a character there's, there's a couple you, of actors yeah. on the dead on the on the Deadpool IMDb that are not don't have characters listed mm-hmm. and one that is a character that apparently is played by himself but we'll get into that um, yeah and I still mm, yeah but it, it was, mm. it's called like the uh, the what is it academy the, it's the Essex Essex Academy so that's attached Institute. to Mr. Sinister yeah um but Mr. Sinister was alluded to in the Apocalypse post credit scene. Yeah. So, I think, I don't know if he's Mr. Sinister, but he's definitely one of his, like, acolytes or something, yeah. maybe. Or, well, he's not, because he's anti-mutant, but it could be that... It, it's, a it, it's a front that Sinister uses to maybe recruit or to take mutants for their powers. And they kind of or... have the mutant prison. They have the yeah, mutant the prison. Icebox, yeah. And that's, so it's alluded to that there's some sort of mutant management agency but the X-Men aren't fugitives. They're sort of, they're sort of like... Known because the news... Yeah, they're known superheroes. Them, and, um, and I guess you get you don't have to worry about that stuff because it is a comedy at the end of the day, but it's just... And the, mutant, the of, mutants that are kept in the mutant prison, you're like, oh, these guys are criminals yeah. and people who cause that. So maybe it's a case of mutants who cause public acts of disturbance or terrorism are then detained. It, it, but... spends, it spends a lot of time like being funny without actually building a world yeah. and fleshing out its setting. Yeah, which was nice and... about which was nice about the first one they didn't really have to because the first one was yeah. basically a love story action movie yeah. that dipped a toe into X-Men. A but bit. if you if you have a more fleshed out setting, you can actually make more jokes about it. Yeah. And delve into the comedy deeper, but they don't. So it and it so as so part of the reason it doesn't settle as well is it jumps around quite a bit. From this, this, then you're in this place for this long, and then you're out of there again, and then you're in this place, and then we're out of there again, and then this is happening. And how long has that taken? And this is how how long has it been? And then this there's at least three occasions where it's like we've got to go after the kid, and it's like why have you retreated? Yeah. Why are we back here? Keep the story flowing. Is this the next day? Is this later the same day? How long is it? How been? long does is it take it... for them to grow yeah. back? Like it's just a bit. It's 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 a bit of a mess. But it is entertaining. I can't take it away from the fact that I laughed a lot. Yeah. And I had mostly a good time with it, but it is deeply, deeply flawed. Uh, um, Rob Delaney, Terry Crews, like those guys, the X-Force characters, it's nice to see them. Uh, yeah. They are they are great for their screen time. They're not in the film a lot. I think no. like, it's safe to say no. that. They're not in the film a lot, as you can probably tell from the fact they're not on the marketing They're much. basically extended cameos. Yeah, and it's, it's essentially setting up 
potential future movie ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, not necessarily a movie about these guys, but a movie about this idea. Um, so they're a lot of fun. Zazie Beats is great as Domino. Oh, she's so good. And um, yeah, uh, Rob Liefeld. There's a Rob Liefeld dig about him not drawing feet, yeah. which is really kind of fun because it's like, oh god, they actually threw that in there. If this leads to a Deadpool. Deadpool mm. 3 or an X-Force movie with a core cast of Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, Zazie Beetz, Leslie Uggams and Miranda Baccarin. I'm in so much. Oh, God, yeah. I'm so in. Yeah, absolutely. But... Absolutely. If that's what they want to do next, and, and the implication has been from interviews and press that they don't want to do a third Deadpool. Yeah. Um. So X-Force would be the way to go. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, and they've because, already confirmed TJ Miller will not be involved yes. in any upcoming projects. Because, because I've also seen that one They're of the criticisms I've seen a bit... fucking potential sexually harassment... Um, uh, sexual harass, harasser and, and FBI bomb threat yeah. call. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've one of the criticisms of, of this movie that I've seen a bit here and there is that it's not as much of an ensemble piece as the first one and it suffers for that. Yeah, which, I kind of get... Yeah. Which... I think might be true because as much as I like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, the jokes when they don't land, they drag everything else down. Yeah, and and, and enough of them don't land for you to go. Mm. Was that necessary? Was that necessary? Just over the line. Was that necessary? Not like the line of good taste, because no. fuck that. The, the, just, the Matt Deadpool just, line. Yeah, just like the line of obnoxious. The Matt Watson obnoxious yeah. Deadpool line. I'm not offended by this. It's just not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. prudish about anything that's in this movie. Like, oh, God, no. In fact, go bad in some places, it's like, oh, you could have taken that further. Yeah. And in other places, it's like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed you that did you that. took that yeah. that far. Um, but yeah. Um, I also feel like there was one particularly graphic thing that was CGI'd out at the last minute out of panic. I don't know. As well. Just because of the way that shot was, yeah, it looked like it was there was weird. meant to be more there. It was a bit weird. And they that. went, maybe not. But let's let's talk about that. Let's get into spoilers. If you are concerned yeah. about spoilers for Deadpool <clears> two, <throat> stop listening now. Skip ahead to the emails. Um, yeah, so let's spoil Deadpool two. Okay, uh, what I just referred to was yeah. the digital erasure of an infant cock and balls. Now this is the this is the sequence in the movie where I spent it in tears laughing. <laughs> oh, especially like, when he got up and started sequence. walking forward. Yes, yeah. I was just. I'm thinking about it And T.J. Miller's running commentary of like, oh, there he goes. It's just, it's oh, so good. A proud boy. And it's when they it's... cut back to, we forgot to mention him with the non-spoiler yeah. bit, but when it cuts back to Dupinder, who's pretty fucking enjoyable. Oh, oh, we did film. mention Dupinder, didn't we? He's um, really good in this. But like, it's... But again, it's, it, it, his shtick goes a bit into the obnoxious end. In the last movie, he, in the last movie, he was, he was a sort of joke character who actually undergoes an arc that we're fascinated by because mm. we find out pockets more about him and we're like, wait, what? In this one, he's he's sort of one joke specifically. Yeah, that they but, keep but, doing. But I can't remember the actor's name, but like his uh, his delivery, like his, his actual, his delivery um, of, of that, of, of this one joke is so good that I kind of forgive it a bit. Um, uh, Dupinda is played by Karan Sony. Yes. Uh, he's great in this. He's, he's really in the, uh, his delivery sort of makes me forgive the one noteness of that joke, really. Like, his, yeah. his energy. But th- when it cuts back to him during Deadpool with his baby legs, as opposed to his regular legs, walking forward, so it cuts to Dupinder and he's just sort of, he's got this proud look, but he also very briefly retches in his mouth. And he's well, yeah, he spends, that, he spends that sequence like trying to throw up because it's just... It's, that was fun. He's shit, um, Deadpool's shirt cocking it. 
He's, he's straight up Winnie the Poohing it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was saying. I think they, I think there was a CGI cock and balls there. You do see it very briefly. Yeah. Oh, it's when he does, it's when he does the basic instinct. instinct thing. But the way the legs kept moving and the fact that it was just like the shirt wasn't covering him, and also people and it was just kind of, to his it, cock. Yeah, and it was just kind of a vaguely grey area. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, right up until the last minute. There was a cock and balls in the scene, yeah, yeah. and then they've removed it the whole way through. Yeah, there was full on tiny cock, tiny balls. cock and balls. And um, so you, you do feel like they held back. I found out post credits. We'll get into the post credits. Post credits. There was meant to be the last scene. Of the post credits. This was revealed last week. Yeah, they cut out, and it's him because he's time traveling in the post credits. It cuts yeah. to him in a um, like you know, a birth ward, like a, a maternity ward in Germany in like 1901 or what have you and he's next to he's checking the list and he gets next to a crib that says A Hitler uh, and a baby starts crying and he tells him to shut up he says you'll thank me for this and he turns around and it cut to the POV of the baby as Deadpool gently strangles the baby and that was the end of the mid credits scene see that again that's just too far it's yes just, not even in, in but the thing is it's, it's, it's a callback funny. Well, this thing, it's like, yes, it's Hitler, so you can't really argue, hey, that's horrible. But at the same time, it's throttling a baby. So visually, it's yeah. still kind of like, that's a bit, like, is this a joke? Or is it meant to be more of a, oh god, I can't believe they went there, shock laughter moment. But it is also a callback to a line from earlier in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe in context, it would have been very darkly funny. I it's think like, it would have just been obnoxious. I hated the mid-credits scene. Yeah, I did. But then again, I hated the fact that they had to do the mid-credits <clears throat> scene because I really, really didn't like that they killed Vanessa off straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so the first movie's emotional anchor and the thing that stops it just being an obnoxious meta-superhero movie is that core story of Wade and Vanessa. That's what made the first film so good. Yeah. That's why I think the best portion of the first film is the act one like 15 20 minute flashback them being together to them yeah. getting together meeting each other finding out they're the same kind of crazy like all that stuff yeah that's the best part of the first movie and it means that through the jokes and the nonsense of act two and three you know ultimately like all he really wants is for her to be safe and for them to be together again and the moment she finds out he's alive she will fucking do anything to make sure they get back together and that's the emotional core of that first movie so there is a I way just, you could play with there, but it's such an obvious I just, trope. I really wanted them to do it's more. It's James Bond. With it's Miranda like, Baccarin. oh, we've got rid of the love interest yeah. now. We're going to move on with someone else. And they could do more. They could do something with that. I. But it's just, it's just lazy. Like I really want. That's them to lazy. Do more, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they do, I want, I want them to do more Miranda Baccarin. And what do they do? They use her as a plot device again. Now, that's how I felt at first, and then he commits suicide. And the first vision happens. Yeah, but and she's I still started. Just a plot device. No, I agree. But I started to feel a little less grossed out by it myself on that, just because I realised they were drawing from something that they'd done in the, in the comics before. Which in the in the comics, you get to kind of know, based on who's writing it, you get to kind of know Deadpool, and you start you see glimpses of the actual humanity going on in there. Yeah, and and somebody who ultimately does just sort of want to love and be loved in return but it's ultimately your protagonist is an unhinged psychopath so you know it's more interesting that you get these glimpses because then you're like oh my god like is there someone i could actually empathize with in there yeah yeah um 
the first Deadpool movie throws that out the window and just makes him a sympathetic character. And it works for the De- for Deadpool the Deadpool movie. It works perfectly for that context and that adaptation. In the comics, there's a period where he's suicidal. Yeah. Because he does feel like he's pushed away people who he's actually close to and he doesn't feel like he's ever going to achieve his potential and he's decided at this point he doesn't want to be a contract killer. He wants to be a hero. He wants to make a change. Yeah. And make a difference in the world. And he can't freaking do it and he's just causing more upset. So he tries to kill himself and it fails. Mm. And he keeps trying. And every time he does, he keeps seeing Death, who in the Marvel comics is uh, is Lady Death. Like, she doesn't speak ever. She's the person Thanos is trying to wipe out the universe to please and all this stuff. Um, but he keeps seeing death and death keeps sending him back. And he keeps coming back saying, like, she told me I, like, I'm not done. Yeah. And eventually he's like, oh, it's because, you know, I've got a this, that and the other. But like, there's different writers handle it differently. One of them handles it in the opinion that death is actually madly in love with Deadpool because she can, he can, like, on a loop, grant her the thing she wants the most. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he kills people, and that pleases her, and he dies repeatedly, and that turns her on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's her yeah. thing. So, the difference this and the other, but the point is, I was like, oh, they're doing that thing of, he's dying, and then someone on the other side is saying, no, not yet, go back. And they gave that to Vanessa, and I was like, okay, is there going to be a resolution? And I almost would have been... F- fine with it pre before the post credits happened yeah if he then died if he'd have died at the end i as a fan of that first movie would at least be like well at least they're together now in whatever fucking place it is like yes she got kicked out in a way that's like really you're doing this guys like yeah but at least then he also fucking leaves, I, leaves the plane of existence too. I don't... And then off they go and they are... Those characters are done and that's their story. Um, I, I don't... But it just... It's just it like it she's never, such a good actor and it's... To, to not use her much was a weird call. That sour taste just never really left my mouth from that moment. And they even mm. lampshade it in the, in the, like the, the James Bond style opening credits... Where they do the oh you killed her off well that really? was that was weird was like, because and then they never... I, I think that was a good gag but I wasn't laughing yeah. because I felt so annoyed that it just happened yeah and I was like oh, and I was more I was more really? agreeing with the joke credits I was yeah. more like yeah you're right I can't believe you actually done that. and then eventually I just sat down and was like all right let's see where it goes and just started watching the visuals of the credits I was like okay this is quite funny but yeah. and the, the, yeah. The, the, the the time travel gag in the I, none of none of those gags worked for me no none of them. Green Lantern one was just unnecessarily mean spirited, but also, and, and... but also, I know Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, but that implies that Ryan Reynolds exists and made a Green Lantern movie in the world of Deadpool. It just make it the wall. I think the Wolverine one would have worked if it was the only one. Logic, logic. If it was the only, yeah, if, it, if he yeah. was like playing around with the time thing, and he's like, "Look, I've got enough juice in this for like one thing or whatever," mm. um, and then he just skipped back and killed Weapon 11 I mean, and then they left back, it at yeah. that it'd be like fair enough Logic takes a back seat but he saves to... Vanessa Logic takes a back so seat to the gag yeah. he saves Vanessa which isn't a gag the Weapon 11 thing is, well, it, it undermines is, is a part of his, his actual story yeah. then in the movie and, and, and also it's like oh so she's alive now but if you wanted to bring her back you shouldn't have killed her off in the fucking first place yeah. you should have found something to do with Miranda Baccarin like she's great or give her something off, to do or at least fucking bring her back 
in the film, oh, not man. in the mid-credits jokey extra sequence. Like she ended up, she ended up as a damsel in distress towards the end of the last movie, and then she's killed off immediately for drama in this. Like mm. it's just, it's not good enough. No. Do better. Do better. Yeah, I know it's a comedy, but you don't have to rely on cheap tropes. I mean, not even just from a trope standpoint, just from a you've got Marina Bakker in, and this is what you've done with her, yeah. kind of thing. It's not, um, like, it's not like the, the, the film shot on female characters. Like, Zayn Boost is great Domino. Domino's um, wonderful, yeah. Uh, I, I, I really like Brianna Hildebrand, but couple. she's not in it enough. And, no, um, but it's, 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 well. it, does feel, it does feel more like a, yeah. it's cool that she's here kind of thing. Yeah, but she doesn't have like, a Like, a character didn't really have any... Like, she doesn't have an arc. She, she's more a character that we just check in with, and it's like, oh, it's yeah. you! Um, she's the she's the Deadpool equivalent of the landlord and his daughter from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man yeah, movies. Yeah, like, yeah, They're just these nice characters that when they pop up, you go, oh, it's them again! Um, but the problem is, she's such a cool character, you're like, I kind of want to see more of her. Yeah, she kind of steals it away from... Yeah. Because she's funny, but she's not joking. Mm. Like, she's funny because of a situational... Uh, she's funny because of the way her powers work. Yeah. But she's not like, ah, ha, 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 she made a joke. So it, she's more engaging than, yeah. not always, but when, when Deadpool's doing his, his, uh, shtick. his, let's reference an Avengers movie shtick. It the MCU the, got checked like it got seven checked times. Too much. Yeah. Like, it's, cause the it, one cause I didn't mind was shut up, Black, Black Widow. Like, I didn't mind that. That so was like, right. okay, that's, that, again, it's but quick, then, it's quick, it's done, they move on. But then it just, like referencing Thanos, where you just call him Thanos briefly, yeah. like that's fine because they don't hang a hat on it. They don't have like cable go like what? Yeah, like that's you know when it's quick like that, I don't mind. I actually liked Josh Brolin's reaction to a lot of Deadpool stuff in this. Yes, like, oh that, yeah, that straight man clown pairing. It's probably worked. why the comic was yeah. so well liked when yeah. when that series and ran it, and, when and it was cable and, and it did work in this, but some of those gags just didn't land and when they don't land they drag everything else down which yeah. is a shame because there's, there's some really good stuff in here uh, I really really like the X-Force gag of them all jumping out of the thing and dying straight away yeah however the actors you cast it's like no I I want to see yeah. them I want to see them do shit and the time they spend and then the gr- that- and the gratuitous cameo as well yeah, in that moment, yeah. which I Right, so the Vanisher appears yeah. in in the X Force team, and at first, or you, not. at first, well, no, but, well, at first you're like, oh, it's a joke, he's not actually turned up, but then you're like, oh, there's a parachute with the rest of them walking. Yeah, around. Yeah. Oh, he's here now. The Vanisher, if I remember, I'm fucking, I'm X Men's not my strong suit, but if I remember correctly, the Vanisher is a Nightcrawler, Azazel kind of motherfucker who's got laser guns. He's not demonic and teleports. No, but he's like, he's, he's like red and he has a cape. He's got, or you know, he's got tattoos. Yeah, and he's, 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 he's a human-looking dude. Yeah, but he's a teleporter. Yeah, and he's got laser guns. I remember. I, I don't think I remember he has laser that, guns, but he's a teleporter. I can't what it is. There might have been like an extreme it. '90s version, but like yeah. Vanisher, I remember is like <clears throat> hedonist, sometimes villain, sometimes pragmatic. Yeah, um, he can teleport himself and other people, but he does it like. In bits, yeah, it's like sort of rubs so you he out. vanishes. Yeah. Now in this, they just go with the joke of they've obviously oh, someone, someone's read the yeah. name and gone, oh that'll be funny. Well, that'll be thing. But then he's in the scene, which is fine. Like, and then it's... you see him die. He lands on a pylon, and he's electrocuted, and he briefly flashes into reality. And if I remember correctly, he's not wearing a costume of any kind. No, no. But it's just it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's like, huh? That would be funny if the rest of the X Force hadn't been killed off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It'd be funny then because it'd be like, oh my god, 
like Brad Pitt was playing that part, and now yeah. he's dead. Oh, that's kind of funny because we're not going to see Brad Pitt be in this movie but now. And they kill off everyone. But they kill off Domino. Bill Skarsgård and Terry Crews, and who's it? Shatterstar. Cause he's really good as well. Uh, it's something tan. That gave me a nerd boner. Hearing Shatterstar's uh, origin I'm described. Shatterstar. I'm from Mojo World. I'm an alien. I was like, yes, this is what I've wanted from these X Men movies all along. I mean, when he said Mojo World, I was like, yeah. just t- attended. Like I was like, yeah. The fucking mojo just got mentioned in an X-Men movie. It, we're yeah. finally here. We're finally fucking here. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, the joke of them dying is great. Because once it starts, you're like, no. Yeah. And then it keeps going. And, and you're like, no. And it's a funny joke. Especially when Peter is, like, oh, pulling um, that's so, uh, Zeitgeist that out of the, the freaking bo- shredder. So and he's like, we're X-Force. We're going to get through this. He's like, and Bill Skarsgård, bless him. He's just going like, yeah, we're X-Force. Yeah. And then he freaking reacts and he vomits on Peter's arm and melts it and Peter dies. Yeah. Like, and then the he just goes through the... That was great. Fucking great joke. And then obviously the, the beautiful bullet point of the joke is Domino's completely fine. Yeah. Because that's her power. Yeah. Like the luck power, the probability power. It's like... and, and all the time, Dan will say, no, it's not a power, it's not a power, it's not a power. Yeah. And it clearly is. <laughs> it clearly is um... a power. Um, but it just sucks because it's like, oh, again, we could have had Terry Crews like... we could have had Terry Crews in another movie as, as Bedlam. We could have had oh it's a power no it's not yes it is no it's not yeah funny gag goes on too long yes goes on too long especially because it runs past that scene yeah if it didn't run past that scene I'd be like but even in that scene goes on too long it's like the um, the Dean in the new Ghostbusters movie it's like it's like that where 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 he does the flipping the bird thing which I believe was Forever, he's a stand-up, and yeah. that's part of his routine. Like, oh, Jesus so Christ. Paul Feig's obviously just gone. Can you do that here? I bet that's a killer routine. I can't wait to see that. Never. No, but like, no, but do you know what I mean? Like in context, but it works. In that slowed down a scene, for, but then again, that was something that happened in 2016 Ghostbusters. Every other scene slowed down by half an hour because they stopped to do an improv joke that yeah. they left. In. And I think this didn't suffer from that. Heard recently, he's been pushing. He's like, actually, yes, I do want to make number two. Mm, I want to make number two as well. <laughs> all over your suits we enjoy um, it on first watch but by god dude don't make more leave it alone and, I, and move I, right on I and never a, touch it again I have a suspicion that this movie is not going to hold up to repeat viewings I agree the first one does well I, we will this we'll, one we'll be able to sure. test that theory soon because I'm seeing it on Saturday Lou wants to go watch okay, it okay cool she said to me today I popped into a place of work after the cinema to drop off something with her mm-hmm. uh, and she said what was it like and I went oh, I'm going to wait I'd rather you watch it and form your own opinion really on this innocence and she went it's not good is it I went no, it's good. Um, I just didn't enjoy yeah. it really I that much. It, I didn't love it. And she went, oh, should we bother then? I went, no, look, definitely come and see it. I, I would like to see it. Having loaded Odin Limitless, I've got the option to go and see it again without spending an extra money. I would like to go and see it again just to see, you know, if I get more from it on yeah. that second viewing. But yeah, Deadpool 1 I've watched, not, I wouldn't say 10, but like, more than five times. It's the only Fox X-Men movie I own on Blu-ray. There you go. Like I've watched it more than five times. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed. I, I I remember watching it twice last year because it was one of the movies on the flight to India, <laughs> and it was one of the movies on the flight back. And each time I was like, "Oh, go on, they're on half Deadpool Bosh." This is longer, and it doesn't do anything unique with that no. longer running time. And it, it it's because it it jumps over like what I the thing I suggested. And I suggested this immediately after we came out of the cinema and I was talking to, I was talking to Kanisha about it. <clears throat> the first thing I suggested was, yeah, yeah, that X-Force gag is great. Scrap it. Mm. Just introduce Domino. Yeah. As a merc. Scrap the X-Force gag. Great as it is. 
and spend that and spend that time fleshing out the antagonists because they don't do enough of that because you don't care about Russell wanting to kill this guy because you see so little of, yes they say they tell you he was abusing yes you get some flashback stuff but there's so little of it fleshed out that you don't actually give a shit about any of that so it yeah. weakens the movie's emotional core yeah um, and it's mm, the cable future stuff's interesting because again they it's 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 a different version of the comic book origin but it keeps the core concept really doesn't yeah. it they, they don't they don't go into him being a summers and being like Cyclops and Madeline although Madeline. they do go into other people's siblings in this in a way where I'm like I'm glad you're doing this but at the same time this mo- right okay yeah. so Let's the X Men about... have the X Men have a cameo in this movie yes and it fucks up the timeline even more yes but because don't, Deadpool don't well, don't, don't oh, no 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 but, but in in the way where it's like Deadpool set present day there's even a joke in the previous one. About like McAvoy or Stewart, these timelines are so confusing. Yeah, but it's like so it's set roughly present day. So if you're gonna imagine, so what would the other X Men be if they had the budget to have them all there? I do like the fact yeah. they return to that joke. Why is it every time I hear it's only you two? Um, if they did have the budget for the rest of them, like you could assume that it's probably the X Men we saw at the end of Days of Future Past. It's you know James yeah. James Marsden and and um, Falky Jansen and Kelsey Grammer and Patrick Stewart. Kelsey Grammer. But there's a brief joke where, like, Deadpool's complaining that they're not here. And he's zipping around in Press Rex's wheelchair. Which yeah. then makes no sense retroactively. Because you're like, unless he's got spares lying around. Which he, mo- he will have. But the implication of him being in it without seeing this gag implies that he's nicked it. Which I think is funnier. Yeah. And and, and I'm not I'm not yeah. too worried about them throwing logic out in yeah. favour of a gag. Like, but but it is weird that fine. you see a door closing, like... I think Professor X sort of like gently... Cl- no, Beast closes, no, Beast closes it. it. And it's Beast, Quicksilver, Cyclops and Professor X. Yeah. And it's the cast of... Obviously, you, they would have shot this cameo Do you see during... Professor X's face? Yes, it's McAvoy. Oh, I, I, I can't remember if you saw They would face. have shot this cameo during the making of yeah. Dark Phoenix. It's so quick. It's so I, quick. I only saw Beast and Quicksilver. Yeah. I, I, what, and I didn't yeah. clock anyone. I, no, I, it's, 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 there, but I didn't it's clock just anyone. those four, but I was yeah. like... Right. Well, these characters exist in the 70s and 80s. And now in the 90s. And now in the 90s, but like, this is now, tw- even after Dark Phoenix, this is 20 years later. Yeah. It's, 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 I know it's, I know it's a throwaway joke. You're but overthinking it. I am overthinking it, but it's like the dead, it's like this movie, because the first Deadpool does this wonderful thing of ignoring the canon of the rest of the movies. And it, it has a subtle retcon in, this is Colossus now. Like, yeah. this is Colossus now. And it's like, totally accept that that's fine we're in a post days of future past whatever so yeah like now is the time for these films to go this is what this is now yeah. these are these things continuity be fucked these are these things logan that's an alternate future or whatever yeah. and also that's his own beast. never cared about continuity well, no, but films, deadpool's like... sort of got that thing of being able to stretch i mean fucking hell for christ's sake deadpool listed a bunch of issue numbers in this and mentions like thor and it's like that's really weird to hear yeah but also made me smile because it was that moment where you're like, oh yeah, the only reason this is happening is because Ryan Reynolds is clearly a fan of the character he's like, talking to. But like, Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, he's the juggernaut. Full stop. They don't even make that joke, which I was kind of proud I of. I was so I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah. I was so happy they didn't make well, the I, gag. I almost, wanted, I almost wanted someone to make it and then be cut off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't you know what this is? He's the juggernaut bit, and then like, get smacked or something. I mean, then... Russell does say they're going to make the world their bit. Make the world their bitch. Yeah, batch. well, because he's 
yeah. New Zealand. Um, Kiwi. But... That, I, I, that was a nice gag where he sort of says, like, some say there's a monster in there. Subtle foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay. That was like, along with a huge ball of foreshadowing. Yeah, that was it. Um, um, yeah. Which I liked, and... and... And I, and I think as soon as they said it, I was designed... like, it's going to be Juggernaut. It's going to be Juggernaut. Yes, well, it's going to be Juggernaut. I didn't realise there was a freaking clue that it was going to be Juggernaut. Um, even before they mention him, like when you just see that there's that extra thing. Because freaking Black Tom Cassidy's in that scene. Yeah. And the majority of the 90s, Juggernaut and Black Tom Cassidy were a villain double act. I, I don't know if the majority of the 90s, in the animated series, they were a double act. Oh, in the comics too. I don't. I, Black, I, and then Black Tom Cassidy crossed over into Deadpool. He was in Deadpool for, oh, right. for a few story arcs. That might, that might have been later on then, because uh, that's when Siren becomes a character in the Deadpool comic. She starts uh, playing more in that, and obviously um, Black Tom is her uncle. uncle? Yeah, because he's uh, Banshee's brother. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Cassidy, Sean Cassidy, Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, like, I kind of appreciate that as soon as he said like Black Tom, I was like, oh fuck, it's Black Tom Cassidy. Because yeah. you know, I, I've read a chunk, of, I've read a big chunk of nineties, dead, late nineties Deadpool, and I've read the majority <laughs> of the tw- the two thousands into early twenty ten stuff, and I was like, oh cool, like that's cool, another Deadpool like sort of centric character making an appearance. We've had like you know like Weasel and Blind Al, we've had these characters introduced. This is kind of cool. Um, and then it was a shame that they kill him off so quickly because it'd be like I'd, I'd be interested to see them but do something with him like just because so... the actor was clearly having so much fun and they're so cavalier with that and they're like oh, we're just gonna kill off this person, kill off this person, kill yeah. off this person. And that's fine. Like it's they can fine. always wreck on it later on. Like, it's not. It's it's, it's it's fine. But Deadpool gives you the chance to spotlight some of these characters that are never gonna. I mean, it was fucking weird that it took like seven films for Apocalypse to actually appear in an X-Men movie but it's like well because we're clearly afraid of doing it and this is the most comic booky X-Men movie we've had yeah oh like, god yeah really. I mean Juggernaut alone I got they a Juggernaut Colossus CGI. fight yeah, they cho- that was the fact that happened was glorious the like, choreography yes! of the fight was glorious this is what I've always wanted from an X-Men movie the CGI was terribly implemented oh yeah no it wasn't great but Juggernaut um, is not played by Vinnie Jones for those who are worried he is a like ten foot tall yeah juggernaut sized CGI creation he's in prison outfit for the majority but he's clearly got bits of the costume on him he's got the helmet the helmet Yeah. they make a blatant reference they don't say the name but they make a reference like so wait you wear the helmet to stop your brother from reading your mind yeah yeah Uh, like yeah and he's like "Um, that must be annoying well he's in a wheelchair so jokes on him and it's like I I appreciate that as I imagine the yeah. same way you did because you're like oh fuck they're referencing yeah. the fact that Kane Marco and 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 Charles Xavier are brothers well step brothers but yeah well, yeah but it's like okay that's cool yeah um I mean you've shown McAvoy so I know that's not a fucking thing yeah because you're confusing things again but I imagine people who don't know that connection between those characters would be like wait what and it'd just be really distracting for a moment but. Eh. And it's why not the continuity matters. And it's also cool because they give, they give the, the villain a third, the, the third act of villain. Yeah. They're like Juggernaut's your third act villain. And also, I like the way he rips Wade in half. Yes, which is how we end up getting to the baby legs joke. Baby legs. Um, I'm regular legs. And um, baby legs Wade. Uh, Domino carrying him like Chewbacca carrying three PO. But using his legs as yeah. the straps. Did you notice that yeah. he's, hold, he's like holding onto his torso yeah. and his feet, and she's carrying. That's fucking great. It's quite good. It's quite good. The body horror is fun in this. The body horror is yeah. quite fun. Oh yeah, when he when he dives off the um, the ga- the gantry in uh, in, the, the, in prison the ice box and, and he... lands on the table and just 
folds in yeah. the most unnatural yeah, cause it's way. Yeah, like, it's because like, it's like the metal tables, the metal yeah. tables with the benches strapped on. So it's like his top half lands on it. He like breaks at the ribs and it yeah. it's, like, it's like stairs. It yeah, goes he to turns the chair into stairs. And then like the middle yeah. of his back breaks on the chair and he's just, oh. Yeah, that's fucking horrendous. And the, fi- the, the, the hand, headlock where he The headlock, the cable, yeah. cable breaks thingy's arm and he just which wraps I, around Cable's I, neck and really tries to like, choke I, him out. I really liked the way that they play <laughs> with with um, Deadpool's elasticity in that. The fact that his costume yeah. in the final act <clears throat> is after he'd been ripped in half. It's, so it's, it's all, just heavily yeah. gaffer taped together. And also the bullet holes from when he tries to recreate the scene from X-Men Origins X-Men Wolverine. Origins Wolverine. And then just get shot from the bullet holes, which is great. Um, <laughs> the stuff like that. Because really they do the same works. shot with him cutting the bullet in half. Yeah. And then he just gets shot to pieces. I liked the, <clears throat> I liked the action and the gore, especially in the opening montage. Yeah. Showing him being a mercenary. Yeah. Which is kind of sad because I feel like we almost could have got a film out of that. Like, that is Deadpool's career for the majority of his, his yeah, existence but in the comics, I think, is as a contract killer. And it would have been nice to... I, I think they definitely wanted to give it an emotional core, but I think the way they did that, by killing off Vanessa, while she's trying to get pregnant for added... So, yeah, not only is there a woman, but also, oh, my unborn baby! It's it's so cliche and just so trite. Like, we can mm. do better. It's 2018, fuck's sake. I mean, the snatches like, of Morena Bakker, Bakker and we get are lovely. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's fucking she's great as always. Does she age? She ages fucking well. She ages like a fucking fine wine. She My is. God. A, she's a beautiful woman. Um, like, just... Yeah, nice. No, I was... Like, several close-ups of her in, in, like, the, you know, the sort of the heavenscape thing where I was just oh. like... she. I mean, this is this is just Inara. She's just stepped out of Firefly. Yeah, she she's wearing her hair differently. She looks exactly the same as she did in um, 2004. But yeah, I, I just it just... And it's nice that they found a way to sneak Ryan Reynolds' face in it for that bit toward the end where it's like, oh, look, yeah. there he is. There's what he actually looks yeah. like. There's your nice. obligatory superhero film must-see the actor's face. I knew that was going to happen bit. as well. Like, I knew that was going to happen. But it was sort of, as weird as it sounds, it felt nice in that moment yeah. but I think that's because I thought he was actually going to die and I was like oh cool so like the last button yeah. is we get to see them as we saw them when they first met together that's sweet um, but again meh um, as his mutant name is so good his visual effects were nice and straightforward yeah. and simple yeah. look quite cool um, Domino's look powers would choreographed well but a lot of the visuals didn't fit. yeah dodgy CGI dodgy CGI but um, 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 Zazie Beats is just she's so bright and perky I yeah like I'm being patronising but she's no, just no, no. so well, that's, that's the domino I'm, I I remember from the few times I remember encountering stories is a bit more militaristic and no bullshit and like she's a lot more she can be she's, she's, got, got, like like a, she's of, got like a humorous edge yeah but, she can be she can be humorous but she's more sarcastic and yeah. more cynical she's more negasonic <laughs> yeah whereas no, in, not, as, not as dour as that but no yeah. no but, but like she, the character's usually more she, she's more likely to be frowning in a in a group shot picture than smiling yeah whereas in this they kind of play the look power off in a way that I was like yeah that feels more natural which is she's sort of got that attitude of this is fine. Like, she's clearly trained to fuck. She's claimed, she's trained to be a weapon. Yeah. She's trained to make sure that she can handle herself, she's she can a, handle weaponry, yeah. she can do hand-to-hand combat. There's a wonderful bit where she sort of leaps above Cable uh, in the, the narrow corridor in the truck and yeah. uses her knees and her elbows to sort of stay in position. And then she just sort of, like, forces herself to flip and just land on him and grab him with her thighs and knock him to the floor. And it was like, that looks slick as fuck. Yeah. 
Um, it's more than a bit of John Wick in Cable's choreography as well. Oh God, yeah. yeah his choreo- all of his hand-to-hand and close combat stuff was brilliant. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of the John Wick sort mm. of hold, hold, close gun shots, hold, close double mm. tap, hold, hold, and like moving from from point to point to point to point through people. Yeah, really nice choreographed stuff, and the, 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 they find a way to make the ridiculous gun work. Yeah, and they keep. Saying how brilliant the gun is, which is nice because, like, um, yeah, because they don't show it. Like Rob Liefeld, obviously, very famously, lots of pouches and lots of guns and, and lots dick, of so Cable's guns gun, that don't look like guns. So Cable's they kind of play up the idea that his gun is a big fucking mishmash of stuff. Well, you get that down to the fact that it's yeah. got a freaking dial, a Rory dial on it. Well, they get to the point where he, the you settings. see him putting the gun together from other guns. Yeah, and oh god, there's even they don't they don't overdo it. There's a pouches joke. Yeah, he's got a fanny pack. <laughs> Around his torso. His utility pouch. His utility pouch. It's like, no, that's a funny pouch. But, but it's also the fact that, it's also the fact that we only ever see him open it twice. One time is to take, like, to, to put Deadpool's uh, yeah, coin he in there. Yeah, the memento. And the other time is literally to take out some lip balm and just apply it and put it back in. And you're like, are they making a joke about why Cable has so many patches? <laughs> Are they suggesting that every comic in the 90s drawn by Liefeld and his peers where Cable and Bishop and like Cyclops are all covered in fucking pouches it's because they're carrying lip balm. I just love the Monetti <laughs> just putting lip balm on in the middle of a conversation because it comes out of nowhere and that's what I mean like I'm, I must sound really hot and cold on this movie because uh, from sentence to sentence I sound like I hate it or I love it and I'm somewhere in the middle that's kind of how I because, felt watching because it. it's so mixed yeah. it is so mixed um, and that's that's my verdict on Deadpool 2 it's still one of the better X-Men films uh, fucking <laughs> it's the most X-Men X-Men film that there's been for sure <laughs> for sure it leans into the comic bookiness of it while also poking fun at the comic book comic bookiness of it which is probably how it gets away with what it does get away with yeah. but some of that stuff doesn't quite land and the stuff that doesn't land drags down the stuff that does work which a lot of it does. It is it is entertaining. And it finally achieved what Ryan Reynolds always wanted, which is Wolverine appearing in a Deadpool film. <laughs> albeit, albeit through albeit, archive footage. Um, but yeah, that's pretty that's pretty neat. But they made it happen. Um let's dive into some emails. Emails. The mails that you e uh, this one comes in from Sean and this is a long one. Um Skip it. No Next email. <laughs> We're gonna get through all of these. We've got quite a few emails this week. Uh, but not they're not uh, most of them aren't that long. Um, this one comes in from Sean says, "Dear Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans who say they reluctantly answer Doctor Who questions. We did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, for a time. We just didn't want to do them at all. We were just going to ignore every Doctor Who email that came through. But then there were so many of them like we can't ignore these anymore. Um, <laughs> in the groups of MCU film people with Infinity War in cinemas, let's talk about the MCU TV shows and what you guys think about them." Mm. Okay. Uh, starting so what, with the, ne- the the MCU TV shows, like brief thoughts. All of them. Jesus. Wait, um, okay. Starting with the Netflix series, which I feel most of them are pretty good. Jessica Jones season one is the best story. Luke Cage season one is the best characters. Daredevil season one, Iron Fist, and the Defenders are all better if you binge them over one Saturday. Um, Jessica Jones is the best of the series. Is both its seasons are, are strong, I think. Um, Daredevil season one is great. Most of Daredevil season two is good. Luke Cage is damn solid. Luke Cage is really good. More, um, more as a show yeah. rather than as a superhero show. Iron Fist is 
boring. Defenders is a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, the hand stuff just doesn't land. It just doesn't work for me. Um, and, and they and waste it could, Sigourney Weaver. It, it could so it could work so well, but it's it's a sequel to Iron Fist, yeah, rather than a story about four heroes united to fight evil undead ninja cult. And Iron Fist was boring. Um, it was so boring. <laughs> and they just uh, finished filming season two. And I just I hope it's not boring. But it it, it will be boring. It will be boring. Um. Um, now on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where it is a rather uneven show, to say the least, uh, with the series one having a rather slow start, with the real start being about episode eight, where the reason why Coulson is alive starts to unravel and gathers momentum when S.H.I.E.L.D. collapses and moves into season two, with two... Jesus Christ, Sean. Punctuate more. Um, <laughs> moves into season two with the two halves of the remaining S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra, then in human stakes at the bulk of season three. Both are rather good with season three being slightly stronger. Comma breath. Uh, but throughout season one, two, and three, I don't remember a clear divide between seasons. They all seem like one story. That was the longest sentence anyone has ever said. Um, that wasn't part of it. That was Matt's no, commentary that was, on that, it. Was, that was a long sentence. Um, let me unpick that. Season... Episode 8 is generous. Like, that season starts... That show kicks off at episode 17 of season 1. Yeah. Like, or whatever episode Yes Men is with um, the Asgardian chick. That's like episode 18 or something. Yeah, 17 or 18. That's where that season kicks off. That... It's not... And then just that remaining, like, yeah. five episodes. That show doesn't yeah. have a slow start. It has a glacial start. Uh, season... it, has, it has a start I remember the first three episodes were the only ones I tuned in to watch weekly yeah. and I remember thinking if this show was half hour episodes I think I would prefer it more it because is... like you can get rid of the chocolate yeah. and just deal with the monster of the week the I fact thought... that it isn't a monster of the week thing is, is what I didn't make it, it all the way to season three because it just I wanted to watch the start of series too four. long I wanted to watch the Ghost Rider stuff from series four but I only managed to see clips like season two had some really good stuff in it like with all the inhuman stuff, but it just took so long to get anywhere. Mm. Um, what else do you say about season four? Uh, season four was where it reinvigorated itself from a show that I was just enjoying to one that I was interested in again. Had three different story arcs, all being rather strong. The first ended around Ghost Rider, which was a great contained story. The next was LMD, which took the fo- story that was in the background in the first part of the season and focused on it and expanded upon it to build the the last third of the season entitled Agents of Hydra, which is a what-if world where Hydra won the events of... after the events of Captain America Winter Soldier. Season 5 went back to only having one story out, but it's also rather strong at the moment, mainly because it because it didn't carry over any plot baggage from the other series, like 1 to 3. It's just... It, like, I've just lost interest in it. Mm. I've just lost interest in, in Agents of Shield altogether. Like, Ghost Rider was not on Keep Me Coming Back. Agent Carter was a rather straightforward series in a good period spy show with the interesting twist of Marvel in it. Yeah, I think that's why it worked so well. It was just in, out, spy show, Marvel trappings. Bosh. Good fun stuff. Um, Bosh. Short seasons. Yeah. Like, having to stretch out the storylines and the budget as well. Having to stretch out the budget of the 24 episodes of Ains Shield. Fuck a duck. <laughs> um... <laughs> haven't even touched Inhumans. Sorry, it was a Skybox set, but just couldn't be bothered to watch it. Yeah, I have no interest in Inhumans whatsoever. Someone um, put together all the bits with Lockjaw on YouTube, and I'll watch that. Oh, sweet. I'm going to watch that. Just, um, just to be like, yeah, It's Lockjaw! It's a um, big dog. It's a big teleporting doggy. <sighs> Good boy, Lockjaw. I, I've been watching <laughs> Runaways, which is on site. But, like, the thing about Inhumans, 
Oh, like, what can we do with Inhumans is interesting. I know, we'll send him to Hawaii and cut all Medusa's hair off. Fuck off! But it's alright, we've cast a Game of Thrones actor as the baddie, so uh, that means a success, right? Let's let's just cut all the things that make Inhumans interesting out of this Inhuman show, because you can't actually afford to do any of them. Fuck off. Um, I've been watching Runaways, which is on Sci-Fi UK, although it's only one, four or five episodes in it. It's a strong show with enjoyable and likeable characters and an intriguing story. Yeah, I hear good things about Runaways. I should probably check it out. Um, Cloak and Dagger starts soon as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, so, they've, been, they've been ramping up publicity. Fucking in, D- DC. In, in wonderfully sweet ways, like Chadwick Boseman. They got yeah, Chadwick Boseman yeah. to interview the, the two leads. It's like, okay, that's quite cool. That's a cool bit of cross-promotion. Now find a way to make some of your movie characters appear in the TV shows, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, been a while since Maria Hill popped up in S.H.I.E.L.D. Warner Brothers are doing their DC Universe streaming service. Yeah. And they just announced show after show after yeah, show. The one, the one, that's, in, the one that's like wrapping up production now is yeah. Titans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're doing a, uh, a, um, James Wan... Uh, produced Swamp Thing live action series. Oh! They're doing a Doom yeah. Patrol live action series. Okay. Like they're just throwing shit out there. Warner like, must have the money to spend, man. Yeah, they must be. I, if I was Warner, I'd be shifting money away from movies and mm. into the TV because it's what they do better. Mm. And also, <laughs> yeah, maybe don't give them too many ideas. Next thing you know, we'll have a ten-part series about Alfred Pennyworth's origin story. Oh, fuck off! Um, <laughs> fuck off! Um, I. What the fuck was I gonna say? I think comic book characters lend themselves to episodic storytelling, like TV shows, better in theory mm. than in films. But it's only recently that technology has um advanced to the point where it's necessarily affordable to do a superhero show on a regular. Network network schedule, yeah. With things like the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, I don't think Legends of Tomorrow is very good, but and some of the effects in it are really shoddy. Um, I've told you about the one episode of Legends of Tomorrow I watched where Atom fights a giant robot. No. Instead of having a giant robot like live action suit, mm. and then shooting them on green screen and putting them big, mm. they do giant CGI Atom. Fighting giant CGI robot. Why? And it looks terrible. Of course it does. It looks awful. Of course it does. Every but time, like, every time you see CGI Barry Allen, when they they yeah. hold the shot just a bit too long in a flash scene. But they're usually really like, good about it. Like they know they know to couple, edit around it. Shots in the flash where yeah. you're like, you put that CGI model on camera too long. Yeah. That looks terrible. They usually edit around it enough, but yeah, like you say, now yeah. and again it just goes and like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, that's a plastic why would, man. Why wouldn't they and just, not actual plastic, plastic man. man. Hey, hey! Why wouldn't they just green screen them in and do them live? I don't know. I was watching the whole episode going, why the fuck are they doing it this way? Why? Haven't they done it this way? Just make the robot as a suit that someone can wear as an effect, instead of it being CGI, uh, being CGI, and then just have Brandon Ruth fight the dude on a green screen and super impact. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Um, Luke. Luke. Hello, big damn crackers. I think I'm too late to email, but hello. You were too late for last episode. Don't call us out. That's um, hmm. I just found out that Episode is our word. I just found out that although our teacher heavily implied it, that Macbeth we are going to see isn't Eccleston's, I will still get working on that poem, Chris. Fair enough. Promise the poems. 
Um, I met Nicholas Brendan and Emma Caulfield. Sam, oh. Xander and Anya from uh, Buffy at MCon Nottingham. Buffy. nice guys they are. Uh, I chatted with Nick Brendan, although I couldn't afford an autograph, but we talked for a while then and he gave me one for free. Sweet. Nice. Love it. Um, have you ever met any of the Buffy cast? Yeah, I've um, met... I haven't. I've met James Masters. Yeah. Got a photo with him like 12 years ago. Yeah. So I can't find it and even if I did it wouldn't go up because I look like a tiny, slim, attractive person. <laughs> Um, he was lovely. I'll chat with him briefly. Uh, and met Anthony Stewart Head. Oh, yeah. Who's fucking lovely. Yeah, I Um, and got an autograph with him. Uh, autograph with him. Autograph of him. I don't think I've met anyone else from Bufy. I don't think I've met anyone. I think I've chatted with Armin Shimmeran, uh, Principal Snyder. Yeah. Whilst going up with someone to get a Star Trek autograph of him. Armin Shimmerman's great. He is great. He is freaking great. Um, there's probably someone else, and I'll kick myself for not remembering. But I think I think those are the only Buffy actors I've met. Tweet it out later. Yeah. No. Um. Please do I'll a forget. Buffy episode. Do just a short one this week. Ish. Tata. Luke the Ginger. Um. We probably should do. A we're Buffy gonna episode, do some Buffy yeah. stuff at some point. <laughs> we've got plans for Buffy relate Buffy flavored content. <laughs> what form it'll take, we're not sure. But Buffy flontent. Hey. Um. This one comes in from Ian. Uh, and it's simply my favourite bit of ghost stories and this picture what? huh? I don't know I for those for those um, uh, watching without video which is all of you because this is an audio podcast um, this is a picture of Sutty pulling Sweep's ear I think it's just because maybe we saw it like and three I weeks have ago. I can't quite no remember. No idea what context that relates to ghost stories. But thanks, Ian. Um, maybe they've been watching the Amazon documentary series Ghost Stories, which is just about a bunch of um, middle-aged American ladies doing the ghost bros thing, but not being as obnoxious. Oh, Lou's watch been watching that. that recently, and I was like, why? What um, is this? We know you're here! I'm like, yeah, 20 minutes to go. Nothing's going to happen. Bye. Uh, yeah, I hate it when it's like that in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> this one comes in from George um, with the title "Get Lost Squigwood." So I'm assuming this is about um, Infinity Orcs, Space Orcs, Space and Squigs. Orcs. It's, a, it's a Warhammer thing. Shush. Um, oh, okay. Matt, please read in the voice of Ray Bloody Purchase, berating to his unfortunate cousin, Proper Dave, the pilot, because he was the first Dave. Um, Greetings, big damn casters. Ray Bloody Purchase. I'm currently writing to you from the past as I'm stuck in episode 68, making my way to you the long way round. <laughs> I'm enjoying your work enormously, and I'm sorry it took me this long to find you, with the news of 70 more Rick and Morty episodes on their way. Do you think it's too many, and do you think it should end after these new episodes? And if you could recast any of the six original Avengers, who would it be and why? Thanks, and hope to get back to present day soon. Keep up the good work, and thank you for being so entertaining. Goodbye, my dears. George. Um, You're the most homophobic actor in London. What is this, gay for pay? 
Don't like the sound of two men kissing toast and see what the fuck it's got to do with you. Okay, cheers, Tom. Thanks, Clem! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> Your wife is a prostitute. Everyone in London knows it. <laughs> Did you see that um, Matt Berry's doing the what we do in the Shadows TV show? Is he? Yeah. What well, as a character? Is a character I in it? I would assume or... he's probably taking over Jermaine Clement's part because Jermaine Clement is basically playing Matt Berry in what we do in the Shadows. Or oh, I don't know if they're doing the characters directly because isn't it? Isn't it based on the werewolves? No, no, it's what we do in the shadows. Oh God, fuck! Oh, so they're just carrying on what we do. I oh, so. it could be new characters. It could just be a new, Maybe. a new series, a series based on the documentary format. Well, but when I first saw what we do in the shadows, I was like, "Is that Matt Berry?" But no, it's Jermaine Collins. <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck it, hell!" Hello. So of course, get Matt Berry for it. Um, um, question by question, what was the first one? Uh, Seventy Rick and Morty episodes. Too many. I'm worried about the depleting quality of the show going forward, unless, of course, they're allowed to take fucking ten years to make those seventy episodes. In which case, yeah. fair enough, because that means seven episodes like, a year, which is a higher consistency of quality. I like that they've said seventy episodes and not X number of seasons. Yeah, because I feel like it means that Roiland and Harmon hopefully have the freedom to parcel out those 70 episodes as they wish yeah. as long as they deliver those 70 episodes if we got 7 a year I'd be happy we'd have a few duds possibly but we'd have definite winners that and brings it would, up to it, 100 it would, it would it? be a happy drip feed uh, ish I think series 1's like 11 episodes yeah. and series 2 and 3 are 10 I think so 100, 101 maybe yeah but um, yeah 70, 70 more Rick and Morty's in, in whatever 70, 70 more episodes, Morty. 70 more 100 episodes. Dreadful. Rick and Morty. Uh, I'll swim. Make them more. Oh, oh, 100 episodes, Rick and Morty. Oh, jeez. Oh. Um, I'm going to be a Twitter moment, Morty. For good reason this time. Um, um, was it the one? <laughs> uh, if you could recast any of the six original Avengers, who would it be and why? No, I can't picture anyone else in those parts now. Uh, let me think. I'm just going to squeeze my thinking brain. My thinky brain. Don't squeeze it out into a tight coil on the floor. Oh, it's purple. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't think I would. I mean, I, if, we, if we were talking about like... But even thinking back to like 2010 when it was all announced, like who... Like, I don't know. I mean, I know Don Krasinski was in the running for Captain America, mm-hmm. but Chris Evans is just... He just embodies him so well. He's just perfect. So it's so they're so you well cast, cast as Captain America. All the MCU <laughs> casting has been so spot on. Mm. They've that, it's, it's you know it's true that if you cast something well, you've done most of the work. Yeah, it's like, either because they've gone this person will portray this character perfectly, or they've gone we're going to tweak this character and this actor is the one to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So like you know Tony Stark, Tony Stark was always a bit of what we know him to be like now because of the movies, but that was very yeah. much a case of. This is how we're going to portray him, and Downey Jr. would be perfect for that. And now the comics retroactively have tried to be more like the movie yeah. version. Yondu is completely different, but fuck it if we don't love Michael Rooker. Oh god, Yondu. he's so good. Like, it's just you know, it's 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 just yeah. I no, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't recast anybody. Um, I think I think Renner and um, Johansson, considering they have sort of like the yeah, the, the, the less heavy lifting head. to do in that initial wave, they're still very. Very good. Off the top of my head, I can't think of better actors for those. Yeah. Um, this one comes in from James. I refuse to tell you the subject! Um, hey, big damn boys! I hope you've been having a truly scrumptious
just week. I this was week at, is trying to scrumptious. I was sitting at home thinking about alcoholic drinks and how great the air was. It was my 18th birthday last week. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to um, yeah. My mind quickly turned to classic Doctor Who and what story should I watch that evening? And then it hit me. Something that I desperately needed to know. What is your favourite classic Doctor Who episode when alcohol has taken you out of your correct state of mind? For myself, I quite enjoy watching any episode of, if not all of, the Trial of the Time Lord series. So go in then, chaps. Have fun answering this. I know I'll have fun listening to what you have to say. Bye-bye, my dears! And have a fantastic week. James. Um, I have not done a lot of drunk watching of Doctor Who, classic or otherwise. But I do have a vivid memory of coming in one night pissed as a fart with my then girlfriend and my uh, my and my other friend not a girlfriend my my best mate um and going into my room and as i'm getting ready to and going to bed sticking on the claws of axos oh, i don't know why i chose the claws of axos I went to the DVD shelf and I pulled down the claws of Axos and I put it on. I also remember very drunkenly trying to explain the plot of Inferno to some guy I worked with who didn't know a fucking thing about Doctor Who and probably didn't give a shit but I wanted to talk about Inferno. Eye patch means he's evil. Uh, He's going to get back. I was young then. This is when I was 18. When I was 18, Inferno and beer. Um, I don't think I've ever like marathoned Doctor Who or done anything drunk with Doctor Who specifically, but I do remember a uh, friend of the show, Guy Lambert, uh, go listen to Smash the Media if you haven't already. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yes. Um, lived in my house for a few months. <laughs> and, um, Did you drink and watch Doctor Who a bit? Well, during that period, because he brought his Doctor Who DVDs and I didn't have all of them and he had some that I didn't have. and So... He said, like, You've ne- have you never watched Time and the Rani, which had been recently bought for me by my friend Tom? <laughs> he, I'd said, Tom had stayed with me. If you know the Doctor Who YouTube community, people and whatnot over the years, <laughs> Tom Reese K, the lovely Tom Reese K, stayed over. And he said, uh, Why well, have you not got Time and the Rani? And I went, Ah, oh, because I've, I've decided, and I had decided, I'm going to buy that one last. Like, that's the last one of the DVDs I'll get when it's like, Oh, I have to get it now for completion's sake. So a week later, he sent me a parcel which contained Time and the Rani, Time and the Rani on DVD, Time and the Rani on VHS, and the Target novelization of Time and the Rani. Um, so it's like, yes. great, I guess I've got to fucking watch Time and the Rani. So guys, have you not watched it yet? I went, no. And he brought out, what is the rest of that first McCoy season? It's Time and the Rani, Happiness Patrol, uh, no, not Happiness Patrol. Yeah, hang on. Time and the Rani, Paradise oh. Towers, Build hype happiness. Uh, hang on. Um, it ends in Dragonfire. Yeah, it's... Oh, Time and the Rani. Yeah. Great show in the... No, no that's, that's, that's later that's season. Uh, yeah. Time and the Rani. Paradise, Ta- Paradise Towers. Delta and the Bannermen. Delta and the Bannermen. Yeah, and, and, then, and Dragonfire. then Dragonfire. Because Ray from Delta and the Bannermen was originally going to be the new companion. Mm-hmm. And then they wrote Ace... Yeah. And he decided to go with her instead. Yeah. Uh, and he said, right, we'll watch, t- let's watch Time of the Rani. And we did. I remember we got a bit drunk. And then we watched, uh, what's the, the next one is, is Happiness Patrol. Happiness, no. No, uh, Delta and the Battle. Paradise Towers. No, Delta, Paradise Towers. No, Happiness Patrol is the next season. I keep confusing yeah. the, the names. Yeah. Paradise Towers. Watch that. I remember we watched that during the daytime. No. 
No, we, we watched that at night, we got a bit drunk. We watched Delta and the Batman during the daytime, and then I think when we made it through Dragonfire, we were drinking. So it wasn't like a, let's get drunk and watch Doctor Who, but I've got, I will say this. That se- first season of McCoy, the alcohol surely fucking helped. <laughs> the only one of those I've seen... No, I've seen Paradise Towers and I've seen Dragonfire. I've not... No, I've seen Dolls from the Batman. Yeah, yeah Ken, I've seen Ken Dodd and, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. shit. Shit. Um, <laughs> it's fucking pants. Um, that, is, that season is garbage. I've, no, I've that not seen Time in the Rani. Garbage. I've not seen... There's a lot of McCoy I haven't seen... Not seen Time in the Rani. His second series not has seen... got gems in it, and then his third series is great. His I've not seen Greatest Show. Gash. I've not seen Happiness Patrol. I've seen Remembrance and Silver Nemesis. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen one, you've seen them both. Yeah, um, yeah, but one's clearly better than the other. <laughs> yes, Remembrance. Um, <laughs> Limited rice pudding. It's oh, oh, no gold coins for these Daleks. Um, <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, and I've seen I've seen all of his last season. I think his last season's really good, actually. His last season's great. Battlefield, Ghostlight. Um, Fenric and Survival. Yeah. Because of Fenric and Ghostlight and Survival, they're a really good show. I really mm. like Ghostlight. Because it's bonkers. Yeah. That's why I like it. It's <laughs> so... Why are we talking about Doctor Who? Anyway! Um... <sighs> and non-reluctantly. Uh, that, well, that'll come later. Um, two more emails. Um, this one comes in from Ian, a different Ian, uh, and it's called All the Reasons to See Deadpool 2, the best X-Men movie. So, again, spoilers for Deadpool 2. Yeah, should, um, we keep, should we keep? Yeah, if you don't, yes. if you still don't want to hear spoilers for Deadpool, leave now. See, um, see you next week. Bye. Give me your opinion on these. Okay. Share. It's a fun gag. Yeah. yeah. Dolly Parton. Nice. Yeah. Use, did, did you find that the music was low in the mix in any scene where uh, they used music? It didn't occur to me. No. It didn't feel like it was that because the music's usually used for like a big sort of triumphant thumping, like we're having fun, and in this, it kind of felt like it was low in the mix for every scene. It didn't strike me. Well, like, like in that, like in that sequence, he says, "Like do your thing, Dolly, or whatever it is," and then nine to five starts. But you can barely hear it over the gunshots and slices. And it's like, huh? Mm, maybe yeah. didn't bother me. Uh, do you want to build a snowman? That, I, that fuck that. The fact that it was a constant reference to Yentl. Yeah, I appreciated. But can you hear me? But it's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. fucking true. Um, High Wade. I don't remember what that's referenced. Hi, Yukio. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah it was, again, it was um, fun, but... They, they, yeah, they, yeah. they just did... They ran it into the ground. Um, that door close. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, the... Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Batman. That was funny. I did quite um, enjoy that. Because it was... Like, if that had been the only DC reference in that scene, it would have been better. Yeah. Uh, those... was like, who are you? I'm Batman. Like, fair enough. Great. Deadpool would do that. Yeah. Great. Uh, those end credits... I hate him. No, hate him. Uh, <laughs> biggest Stanley cameo ever. Was he in it? No, I remember. I don't remember him being in it. No memory of Stanley in this. He's not credited. He's definitely not physically. I have a memory of his Because he's not in number... Because <laughs> he's not in number one. He is. Is he? He's in the strip club. Yes, he is. You're right. Yeah, and then he is. Then he cameoed in the teaser trailer for number two, which was basically a short yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, Um... I don't remember him being in this at all. Courage. I've just had a horrible thought. What? What if Stanley's juggernaut? No. Because the lines were affected. Yeah, but he, that, he, that's not his voice. That is True. not his voice. True. There's no way that he can What if it was his face? Voice. What if the, that was the no, face maybe. model they used? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't ba- remember him being in it. Baby legs. 
so, yeah, that was great. So that was great. <laughs> spent that entire scene in stitches. But then, like I say, I came out of the cinema and I was like, "What? What was that scene? I spent so long laughing at. I couldn't remember it." Lip balm. Um, that was good. Um, uh, the Canada joke. It was fine. It was fine. It's fine. The F- Although, did you spot the Easter egg on top of Dupinder's taxi? The advert was for a Canadian airline, and it was called Alpha Flights. Oh, that's pretty. That's, that's see. That's good. how you do little nods that aren't um, gratuitous. That's quite. I, I saw that. I was like, "All right." And the the sort of the logo of the plane flying past a mountain outline that sort of like a star kind of looked like the mm. logo, the, the maple leaf with the things. So it was like, okay, that's quite cool. Um, the F word. Hmm. Although it was fun when a character who doesn't swear swore <laughs> that was quite as nice. a as a mark of respect for um, a dying person's wish. Pen, book pen, jail wallet, jail wallet. Yeah, yeah. Forget the book, but the jail uh, wallet was the better part yeah. of that joke. Uh, yeah. The eleven joke mm, didn't really land. I don't think it was almost too quick. I, I, I had to stop for a second and go. Oh, that was a Stranger Things joke. Yeah, but it just it didn't land for me. Yeah, I, it just no, no. It didn't make sense because she's no. not like her at all. Um, no, not really. The Bond intro. I think it was dubbed actually. The Bond because intro. It, I think it was a joke about her second season look. Oh, maybe. So I think it was more of a dub. The Bond intro was great. Yeah. Uh, once I got over the feeling of what happened before. It. Yeah. The, no, I just left the sour taste in my mouth. Tomorrow. Well, I love the fact that it made sense of the Celine Dion song. Yeah. That's why it exists. Because yeah. it's a Bond yeah. intro. It's yeah. like, oh, that's great. Uh, what, was, what was the other Tomorrow. one? Tomorrow. Yeah. The went, use of Annie was fun. Went on too long. Yeah. Went on too long. Uh, and more. Ian will agree to disagree. I um, enjoyed it, man. Final email. Ever. Like, ever. So many Doctor Who questions. Um, Quick fire round. Dear Chris and Matt. Well, this, is from, this is from Tom Monte. Uh, my eyes Tom haven't yet been blessed with Deadpool 2, but I've heard the general consensus is that Deadpool is greater than Deadpool 2. Is this the case in your blessed eyes? Yeah. Yes. We'd agree. Um, Chris, which of the more videos that you've made as a 5 Who fan was the most fun to make? Ooh, I've not made that many. Unless, of course, you're carrying like, all the cameo and, and, and crossover ones and stuff back in the day. Um... Most fun to make was probably the the Dan's video, the Crimson Zone, the the Once Upon a Time Lash, because we got because <laughs> we got to make the majority of that. Didn't we? we we shot we shot chunks of that. That was and, quite fun. And I think I think it turned out really nice as that well. Was quite overall, fun. I enjoyed that. The hag from that made a cameo in Dan's latest video. Fucking Dan recently, I don't know if, I don't I don't know if I caught up yet, but Dan recently did a video called The Biggest Doctor Who Fan. And when you click on it, it's a trailer for like a 1940s sci-fi movie about a giant man. Do you know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and he's just he's just asking Doctor Who questions. At one point, someone says, like, "Someone think of the children," and he's like tying over a building, and he goes, "It's not a children's show." He just like attacks and stuff like that. I love how the five Who fans are. <laughs> Increasingly tangentially making Doctor Who videos. Oh god! Like so rec- god. recently, there's been two analytical videos with very sensible, straightforward points, and the channel has just been bombarded by like nasty comments all the time. <laughs> so we're more than happy. Like, I mean, my recent yeah. one, I'm, I always go for more sketches anyway. But my yeah, recent yeah. one was called Bad Wolf Deleted Scene. When you click on it, it's a sketch, mm. but. I was like, I was expecting people to be annoyed. But no, the actual factual stuff's got more annoyance. But no, I really like Once Upon a Time Lash. The, the hag appears in that video briefly as a cameo. And it's quite funny to see him wearing that stupid cloak and going, Talking like this! On the yeah. subject. I love that. the ending of Once Upon a Time Lash. On the subject of... <laughs> He's just doing the outro and you're like, Excuse me. Hello. 
Hello, I need some genuine help here. And he's just talking about cigarettes. He's Rod Serling. Talking about um, how sensual the flavour of new Pennant Roberts. Brace yourselves <laughs> for the weekly reluctance. Oh, bring it on. What do you think of... The, this is the most specific question. What do you think of that bit in Bad Wolf where Rose is shot into dust by the android and as the music swells, the Doctor just falls into his knees and stares into the oblivion? I fucking love it so much. Do you share that love? Yeah, as a series, <laughs> really good moment. As a series one fan, I love that moment because you do suddenly—he he suddenly looks like he's actually lost her, and then he's complete. It's the fact that he's completely deathly quiet and he doesn't say anything for the next few minutes when they're detained, and then he executes a perfect breakout with Jack. Yeah, without them even exchanging a word, gets to the game station, tries to shut everything down, and then has that moment of "Oh my god, it's a trans match! You'll be alive!" And that's yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Like. Back when sort of death meant something in that show, it's it's kind of yeah. it's, it's really good. Well, following on from that, do you like the idea of Rose actually dying in that scene, provided the events of the pattern, the way it's written in a way that Rose didn't become Bad Wolf, etc.? No, because she um, was the main character of that series. It would have been really unsatisfying if she died mid-story. Well, Tom thinks it would have been the most wonderful companion exit ever, not to suggest that he hates Rose. Uh, no, I, nah. I disagree. Nah. Um, mostly just because again, series one is she's the main character. Yeah, it's, it's, her, it's story. her story. Um, um, you know. Like shock exits can be wonderful things, but I think in that case, series one is is perfect as it is. <clears throat> God, it's so good. Rate all of the new series main companions out of ten. Mine is as follows. Rose, oh, so we'll go with we we'll go with the ones you you yeah. list then. Go uh, on. Rose six out of ten. The Rose eight out of ten. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, eight, but only because series four happens. Yeah. Um, she would have been a tenor than that because the perfect arc of series one yeah. and two, like she's the main character, and then oh yeah, space boyfriend and girlfriend. This is cheesy and it's really obnoxious to some people, yeah. and it's done on purpose to make that, you feel the way you yeah, do. Yeah, that, her coming back taints it a little bit, but yeah, otherwise, yeah. Uh, Martha eight out of ten, uh, fucking four out of ten, no way. Um, eight. Do not like Martha. Eight. She loses two for Freeman Radjaman's performance. Freeman Radjaman's got better as a performer as the years have gone by, but I don't um, think Martha's a particularly interesting character. I think she is because she knows to walk away. Yeah, I guess. She she saves the freaking world and then is like, this isn't good for me. Mm. You don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You don't respect me the way I respect you and that's fine. You're going to grow as a person. I'll see you again. Like, come see me again. We'll be... Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. It's it's sort of... It's an interesting turn to take like for her to be that mature as a... As a as you know, the companion character. So I, I have a lot of respect for the character. I just think that the execution of the character wasn't great. Uh, Donna, eight out of ten. I'd give her a seven. I really like Donna. I think it's a really nice dynamic. Um, it's a nice, refreshing lack of sexual tension. I'd give Donna a ten. Um, you reckon? In terms of the modern series, I just think Rose is better. So I can't give her more than eight. Yeah, I, I think. I think. <laughs> I think yeah, I think. That's my arbitrary reasoning. I think we don't give her a ten just because again that series arc is brilliant. It's a nice change up for the previous story. And her exit is wonderfully upsetting because yeah. it's like yeah, it's good she doesn't die, but the Donna that we, the audience, never mind the Doctor and Wilf and Sylvia, the, do- the the Donna that we, the audience, grew to know and love and see change, is gone. Mm. She's fine. She's alive. So you get that weird bittersweet thing of well, she didn't die, but she kind of did. Yeah, and I think that's really nice. And also, again, just that dynamic of. Because you never really got that at any point on screen in any of the older episodes where the companion was sort of older than the Doctor's sort of perceived personality and age and stuff. Yeah. Like, you get it in the audios with, uh, what's her name? The Trials of the Sixth Doctor. Uh... You know what I mean, though, don't you? Yeah, the one yeah. In, in real time. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Right. It's Iris or something like that. Maybe Iris. Or am I thinking of Iris Wildtone? Probably. Uh, but, like, um... that, like, that's, you know, that's nice for 
the audio as the audio has done it like yeah. you know, elderly lady travelling with the dog yeah. whereas in this case it's like he's a bit of a petulant kid in his 30s kind of as the style of his personality and she's obviously sort of a bit older than him and a brasher she, she's a bigger personality than him yeah which made for a nice dynamic change. And, and also that's that's a hell of a personality then yeah um she yeah, she loses points for me a You're bit because of her first story is there's a little into the obnoxious but when she comes, bride, yeah. yeah when she comes back she's so much improved hmm. um amy six out of ten yeah six um karen gillen brings a lot more to it than the character actually has hers and rory's story should have ended in series five yeah after that, um, they're just kind of around and relying on the performances of her and Arthur Darville to actually yeah, make the characters anything. They're not particularly well-written characters elevated by really good performances because those yeah. two actors are brilliant. Yeah. They're brilliant together as well. Um, oh, yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, Clara, minus 576 billion out of 10. Um, oh, I'll give her a four. Clara is not a character. She is a non... She is an ex-character. She has ceased to be anything other than a plot device so she doesn't actually deserve a rating because she isn't a character um, I really dislike her but I give her a four just because I think Jenna Coleman at least as Oswin and Clara the Victorian person yes yeah, so or not Clara I know but like again that thread of that actor portraying this character split up and whatnot like she has moments which didn't make any sense but ultimately unlike they never unlike really... Amy and Rory where they're poorly written but elevated by better performances I don't think Jenna Coleman quite does the same for Clara and Clara just becomes a non-entity in every yeah. possible way. I, I'm not going to let you have Oswin and, and Victoria okay, and Clara. Alright, in that case, two. Because they're not Clara. Two, then. As, as much as they're intended to be. Two. She loses any points higher than that simply because of that whole freaking throwing the keys into lava thing. Oh, but it was a dream, so don't worry about it. Don't care, she still nearly did it. She just, I just don't have a sense of who Clara is. Neither does the show. Because it's just, it's just so... She's a teacher. Now she's a nanny. Now she's a babysitter. Now she's bisexual. Now she's madly in love with this bloke. Oh, he's dead. But it's okay. She's snogging Jane Austen, apparently. As Bill. Seven. Two out of ten. I'll say seven. I, I'm going to say seven. I really like Bill. She was enjoyable, but it, she got wasted. Yeah. I mean, she, had, she had one season. She had one strong season where her journey was a through. She was a character. Mm. She was a well-defined character. She had a journey. She had an arc. I'm upset that it ended as soon as it did. And also, and ended in kind of a naff way. Yeah, and it, I would rather she have died as a Cyberman. I think it would have been that yeah. would have been an and that would have been an example of a I can't believe they did that. It, but it works. It was the but even even then it was when they brought whatever version of her back for twice upon a time. That, yeah, that, that's where it fell fell for me. Yeah, I was okay with the Starlight stuff. That was fine. Yeah, but the the well, twice upon a time. I've been twice upon a time. Um, uh, love Tom Monte P.S. I hope you aren't as generous as I was with your Clara rating out of 10 oh I technically were more generous with the, yeah. but I, I mean I refuse to give her a rating because she's not a companion she's a plot device played by Jenna Coleman but run you clever boy that's my that's my catchphrase for this, and so many of these things, the things that we talk about in this podcast, are just made me go. You know what? Fuck off. Well, before you fuck off, gentle listener, just 
Fuck off with that. Next shit. week, in case you haven't noticed, is episode 100. What will you do, Chris? So unless you're 40 episodes behind and catching up, um, what I'd like this lot to do is I'd like you guys to email in any any stuff you normally want to have answered, this, that, and the other. If you catch Deadpool 2 and want to send your thoughts, go for that. But I'm also curious. We're approaching two full years of big damn content yeah. since the channels have begun. And episode 100 of the podcast. I want to know what are your favourite bits? What moments do you remember from the last 100 that you're like, oh, that sticks out? All what? the bits we didn't. Yeah, all the bits that... <laughs> What you least, yeah. All the bits that people like are the bits that we didn't like. Probably, we'll find out. But like, you know, what are your favourite videos that we've made? Uh, what are your favourite memories of the streams? Um, just just hit us. Hit us with it. What are your favourite big damn bits from the last hundred episodes? Um, aside from that, just, you know, go forward in all of your beliefs and... Prove to me that I'm not mistaken... In, in believing that Clara is not a character. True that. She is a plot device. Run, um, you clever boys and uh, girls. Run! Run to bigdamncontact at gmail.com at bigdamncast on Twitter. Uh, and don't forget... Twitch, what the big damn stream. Yeah, big damn stream on Twitch, boy! I'm mad maxing at the moment. I'm eventually backlogging. I've found a game to stick with for a little bit because I'm enjoying it. You are having a ball with that. I, it's, it's fine. <laughs> It's like oh god! It's like someone <laughs> took Shadow. Of, well, it's Warner Brothers, so it's it's Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> but they flattened the land out with a car. <laughs> There's a car in this. Uh. <laughs> I want to play that version of Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> yeah, play Mad Max. It's Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> Shadow of Mordor. But we've just given you a quad bike. Yeah, it's called Mad Max. <laughs> oh right, I'm I'm going now. Are you? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm up at, I'm, I'm in work at half five in the morning. Oh, Christ, you better dash then, Squire. And you lot better get the fuck out of here with my eye holes. We'll catch you later. <laughs> They're my eye holes. Daddy, can you hear me?